Blog Talk Radio. What's up, folks? It's that time again, My Take Radio, Episode 9. I'm your host, Rich, and this is... Fuck. Fucked it up. Uh, My Take Radio, Episode 9, Thursday, September 3rd, 2009. Uh, The intro music you just heard was Castlemania. The artist was Am I Evil? If you're interested in that or any of the other intro music, you can look it up on ocremix.org, the letter O, the letter C, remix.org or the Podsafe Audio website. You can Google that for the Victor Stellar Transformers theme. A uh, couple of things this week. Uh, usually I put up an audio boo uh, show preview, uh, usually in the MySpace video game forums and in random places. Uh, unfortunately, things were a little uh, hectic this week. I did not get to put up a preview. Um, of course, I have been saying that there would be some changes coming up. Uh, given that over the last few broadcasts, I have uh, seems that more uh, important people are listening as opposed to just you know you know regular people. Uh, there's people that are coming out of the woodwork in terms of advertising and shit like that, which um, you know they uh, basically gave me a lot of shit in the sense that they were like, oh, you know, it, you know the the audio sounding low was a gripe, which you know unfortunately wasn't my fault, you know, the internet disconnecting, you know, shit like that. Um, I'm definitely going to try and improve on those things, obviously, for you guys so you can enjoy the show. And not only that, but I want to actually get advertisers so I can give out some free shit and promote some stuff. Uh, Hopefully with episode 10, I'm hoping I can actually start contests uh, and maybe start giving out games and stuff, especially now that we're going into the holiday season. I have a couple of good things planned. I'm hoping to be able to do it. But uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, If anything, you know, if you guys have any comments or suggestions or any type of feedback, by all means, feel free to email me at mtrhost at gmail.com. Let's get right into the show. If you want to call in, telephone number 347-324-3541. You can be live for the remainder of the show. Uh, In reference to the calling in, I am going to make it a point to not keep too many people on during the show, not because they don't deliver great material, but just because it starts getting a little crazy trying to direct traffic. So definitely one or two at a time. Uh, Everybody's going to get their shot, of course, and everybody deserves to be heard, so I'm going to make it a point to do that. As such, enough with the chit-chat and the bullshit. Let's get right into it. 
Uh, MMA news, of course. Uh, we're coming off of UFC 102. Uh, main event was Couture and Nagara. Uh, Nagara defeated Couture by unanimous decision in one of the best fights of the year that I have seen. Um, before I even go into some of the undercard, you know, the lower card fights, I have to say that Randy Couture for an old guy man is a machine. He went in there and they just beat the shit out of each other for, you know, three rounds. It was it was fantastic. Uh, Nagara came in in phenomenal shape. Uh, there was a lot of drama between submission escapes, a lot of good striking. Overall, I felt that uh, it delivered. Uh, the only reason why I did not order it live was just because I was kind of suspect about the uh, lower card fights, uh, which in some respects, I'm glad I didn't order it. Uh, Keith Jardine, for instance, fought uh, Thiago Silva. Uh, Jardine got knocked the fuck out at a minute and 35 of round one. Uh, Nate Marquardt and Damian Maya, which was one of the fights I was looking forward to. Uh, Maya got put to sleep with a knockout punch with 21 seconds of round one. So glad I didn't fucking jump in there to hear, to watch that. Uh, Chris Lieben uh, fought Jake Rosholt and uh, fight went to uh, three rounds, a lot of action back and forth. Uh, Lieben actually ended up getting, getting, getting choked out, excuse me, by uh, an arm triangle choke, a uh, minute and 30 around three. And uh, Vera and Christoph fought. That fight went to a unanimous decision. Um, Overall, the card, like I said, was was solid. It wasn't mind-blowingly awesome, but I just, you know, I didn't feel like dropping 50 bucks for this particular event. But nonetheless, it was good. It definitely delivered. I think in, in retrospect, I would have ordered it just for Couture and Nagara. Um, Couture and Nagara ended up getting fight of the night. Uh, they got a $60,000 bonus, which is real nice. Uh, knockout of the night went to Nate Marquardt and submission of the night went to uh, Ross Holt. Right after, of course, UFC 102, there was the always entertaining UFC 102 press conference where uh, Randy Couture took the opportunity to announce that he had signed a new six-fight, 28-month contract with the UFC prior to his loss um, against Nagara. Couture took the opportunity to state that he will stay in the UFC and he intends to finish his career in the UFC. I think that that's a great thing uh, just because you know, Couture's one of those guys, he's a fixture. When you think UFC, you think, you know, Couture, you think Liddell, Tito, Shamrock. You know, you think about the guys that, you know, built the sport on their backs, you know, just by getting punched in the face and trying to get it mainstream. So definitely would like to see Couture uh, retire in the UFC. Of course, um, you know, in terms of growing the sport, um, you know, I'm still waiting for MMA to be sanctioned here in New York. Uh, anybody who lives in Maine, though, will be getting MMA a lot sooner than New Yorkers will because uh, Maine's governor, uh, John Bull, I don't know how to fuck to say his name, uh, signed MMA into law. There will be new laws set up that will allow MMA to be conducted in the state of Maine, which is fucking fantastic. So... I am very envious of anyone who lives in Maine for not, you know, not having to wait as long as I will to enjoy MMA life. Nonetheless, um, that's pretty much it with that shit. Uh, EA Sports took their opportunity, of course, during the UFC coverage this week to uh, wag their tongue, so to speak, about their MMA game. Uh, they continued to add fighters to the roster, of course, Fedor. Randy Couture is in it, which, you know, 
definitely a big uh, asterisk with the UFC for sure. Uh, Kung Lei, Boss Rutan, Frank Shamrock, uh, Gegard Mousasi, Tim Sylvia, Benji Raddock, uh, Babalu, and Tim Kennedy have all been confirmed for the game thus far. Uh, I definitely want to give credit to the boys at Five Ounces of Pain for providing me with that information. Um, one thing that's crazy with all these signings going on, Matt Hughes, who I totally had forgot about recently, announced that he signed a multi-fight deal with the UFC, uh, also stating that he plans on finishing out his career there. Uh, the thing with Matt Hughes is I always find him to be kind of boring. You know, not fights. His fights are always exciting, but just his personality, I guess just because he's not my speed. It's just like, hey, I'm going to go out there, and I work hard, and I'm a farmer, and blah, 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 and I punch people in the face, and you know, he talks a lot of shit, too, which is always fun, but I, I just find him fucking boring, but his fights are cool, so that'll that'll kind of balance it out. That's going to close out the MMA news for this week. Of course, uh, the Ultimate Fighter heavyweights debuts in two weeks. Uh, coaches will be Rashad Evans and Rampage, and of course, the big question mark will be how good Kimbo Slice does, the uh, internet street fighting sensation, who uh, pretty much closed down Elite XC with his uh, main event performance against Seth one-punch knockout Petrozelli will be interesting, to say the least. Uh, that's pretty much it for MMA. Let's get into the wrestling news for this week. Of course, uh, first thing that everybody's been talking about is Rey Mysterio getting his ass suspended. Um, of course, Rey Mysterio took the opportunity and went on uh, Mexican press and stated that uh, his suspension was unjustified because he had a prescription for the drug that was found in his system, and WWE did not give him the opportunity to submit it. Um, it fucking sucks in the sense that if he did have a prescription, you know, WWE kind of fucking fucked him over by making it public because it makes him look like a fucking cheater. But, you know, shit happens. I think that um, I don't want to spoil SmackDown for anybody this week, so, you know, I think the resolution that came out of it was amicable, but guess what, Rey Mysterio... As much as you protested, WWE did not overturn their suspension. So I will see your ass in 30 days. Peace. Um, the clusterfuck that is Monday Night Raw continues with their guest host bullshit. Uh, right off the bat, uh, Dusty Rhodes was the guest host this week. And I was really trying to hate on Dusty Rhodes just because you know, he's fucking really not cool. But... I gotta admit, for for his guest hosting gig on Raw this week, he was pretty he was pretty amusing. Especially there was a lot of shitting on WCW, you know, a lot of funny skits with DX. Um, of course, much like Ted DiBiase did with his son, he put Cody to fight uh, Randy Orton for the title, and John Cena was going to be the referee. Of course, there was a big swerve. Everybody beat John Cena's ass. Blah 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 blah. I really can't sit here and go into Raw in detail because it's really becoming the same cookie-cutter shit every week. I, you know, I've contemplated fucking removing the wrestling segment just because it's not cool shit like it used to be. But you know what? I'm trying to give them a little love and hope that uh, it picks up, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Bob Barker is going to be guest hosting uh, September 7th. Ooh, I'm so excited. He's going to fucking walk up there Unless he makes somebody play fucking Plinko in the ring or spin a giant wheel, I don't give a shit. So, Bob Barker, I like you. I'm glad that you fucking support animals and shit. But you have no place in wrestling. So, 
Oh, fuck you. <laughs> that that's pretty much it. Of course, uh, Trish Stratus is going to host Raw on the 14th because, uh, of course, it's going to be from Canada and, you know, they can't get Bret Hart and they're not digging up Chris Benoit, so they got to get the next most, the next best thing, the most popular Canadian, and that would be Trish Stratus because, you know, Chris Jericho still works there. But, you know, I think this guest hosting shit it has, its, has its purpose. I mean, like I said, I shit on it every week, but the Dusty Rhodes... Uh, Material was pretty funny. Um, I have a feeling that the LeBron James hosting probably in Cleveland should be interesting. Um, there's rumors that Shaq may come back to host because they want to set up a match with him in the big show, which I'm more than sure will fucking lead to some type of shit with Shaq's show, which, you know, that, that's how it works. It's all a fucking circle jerk. I come on Raw, I promote my shit, and I'm not even a wrestling fan. But whatever. Uh, to close out the wrestling news for this week, uh, TNA wrestler Christopher Daniels, who's a favorite wrestler of mine, got arrested for drunk driving at a traffic stop in uh, Smithfield, North Carolina. He was uh, charged with driving while impaired, and he registered a .14 on the breathalyzer. They let him walk with a $2,000 bond. But it's amusing in the sense that it's it's been leaked out that he was hanging out with WWE guys and they were fucking drinking and partying and shit and he got caught out there. I mean, you know, they, people get caught out there all the time. He didn't hurt nobody. He didn't kill nobody. But definitely a uh, a little bit of a black eye for Mr. Daniels just because people are a, you know, a lot of kids are fans of his. But uh, that's going to wrap up the clusterfuck of wrestling news for this week. Let's get into the nitty-gritty uh, definitely a lot of game news this week and a lot of movie news. And, of course, I know a lot of you are dying to hear about the uh, my take on the Marvel-Disney merger acquisition screw job. Definitely going to get into that. There's going to be plenty of time for it. But let's talk about video games first. Uh, Activision took the opportunity this week, right before the release of Guitar Hero 5, to say that Kurt Cobain will be a playable character. Uh, Kurt Cobain joins Carlos Santana, Johnny Cash, uh, Shirley Manson of Garbage, and Matt Bellamy of Muse as playable characters. Of course, by having Kurt Cobain in there, of course, there's got to be some obligatory Nirvana music, especially the, the songs that everyone knows and loves, like Smells Like Teen Spirit and a live version of Lithium. The makers of Guitar Hero had been saying for a while that they were like, oh, yeah, we want to get Kurt Cobain in there, but licensing rights have always been a problem, blah, blah, blah. Translation, it was probably Courtney Love being a bitch. But, it, you know, it should be interesting to see. I mean, you know, the Guitar Hero games, I've, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with them. You know, I love them because, you know, it, it keeps music alive, so to speak. I hate them just because, you know, and I'm more than sure, you know, a lot of people will agree. They, they fucking, they're milking it a lot just by nickel and diming you on songs and releasing the same songs all the time. It's, it's fucking bullshit. But I think, you know, the inclusion of, of some of these artists definitely adds something interesting uh, to the game. Uh, you know, Johnny Cash, you know, I would never have thought to see Johnny Cash in a Guitar Hero game. Uh, Carlos Santana is pretty cool. I'm definitely not going to buy Guitar Hero because I think I'm going to start boycotting that shit like I do Madden. But uh, definitely a rental. Definitely going to pick it up, maybe cop some achievements off that shit, and keep it moving. Of course, 
whenever price cuts happen, people talk about new systems coming up. Uh, one of the guys recently took the opportunity with, uh, who the fuck was this guy's name? Oh, I fucking fucked up. All right. Uh, some guy I messed up said that he would, that a PlayStation 4 or a 7, Xbox 720 would not come out before uh, new releases of the PlayStation 3 and the 360. My notes are all messed up, so I don't fucking remember. All I know is that before there's a new PlayStation, there's going to be a PlayStation 3.5, so to speak, and an Xbox 560 before you see an Xbox 720, which I can understand in the sense that it's kind of going that route, not 100%, but definitely with the PS3 Slim, they're trying to just you know reinvigorate the console and uh, Xbox 360 definitely going the Natal route. I don't even know if that's going to be part of a brand new console or if it's going to be an add-on, but you can kind of see it already starting to come to fruition. I don't think it's going to go to the extreme where people are going to, you know, they're going to have to buy a brand new system, but I'm more than sure they're going to slip in some extra cool shit that's going to have to make me buy one of these systems again. Which one? No idea. But, um... I think innovation is always good when it comes to consoles. I just don't like the fact that, you know, they slip in one or two things and they take out a lot of shit. Like, you know, like the the PlayStation Slim, for instance, you know, I've always griped and I'll continue to gripe about, you know, them taking out backwards compatibility and I'm not going to go into the big harangue about it because, you know, it's fucking, it's, it's old hat. But the fact is that, you know, they made it slimmer, they made it smaller, but, you know, they took a couple of things out. Uh, the Xbox 360, you know, the Natal thing is definitely going to add some some value to the system. I I still say that the only thing that they really need to do is let you add your own storage. That's always been my other gripe. So until one of those two things comes to fruition, fuck them both. They're, they're going to end up taking my money anyway. Uh, of course, along with sequels, which I love to death of movies is recycling video games over and over and over again. One of those, which I'm more than sure people will get a laugh, is Sonic & Knuckles, which is coming to Xbox Live uh, Wednesday. I believe that's September 9th. They are going to put it out and allow you to play Sonic & Knuckles, and if you own the other Sonic games, you're going to be able to play as Knuckles in all the other games. Like back in the old days, when you'd put your Sonic 3 cartridge on top of the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge. Uh, They're going to add some new features. Uh, if, you pl- if you plug in so- the Sonic the Hedgehog Virtual Console game, you're going to unlock a game called Blue Sphere, and you're also going to get a bonus uh, Chaos Emerald level from Sonic 3. Of course, if you plug in the Virtual Console Sonic 2, you'll be able to play as Knuckles, including the ability to access previously inaccessible areas and new power-ups. So, of course, once again, rebuying shit we already own. And, of course, if you play Virtual Console Sonic 3, you'll be able to play as Knuckles in Sonic 3, and it'll allow you to play the two seamlessly by going from Sonic 3 right into Sonic and Knuckles. I mean, once again, you know, I'm going to shit on it because it's... it's the, didn't I just buy the fucking Genesis Collection on the 360? Didn't I just buy that shit? And all of a sudden, of course... Of fucking course, I get, oh, if you buy it on the virtual console, you'll be able to play all this extra shit. 
once again. I just bought the shit on a fucking disc with achievements. Why the fuck do they always have to do this shit every time? It's like, perfect example again. Uh, Grand Theft Auto's downloadable content with, uh, you know, Lost in the Damned and Ballad of Gay Tony. All of a sudden now, guess what's happening? They're going to release both of those on a disc, and you'll be able to play those without needing to own GTA 4. It's fucking bullshit. It's like, yo, I just bought Lost in the Dam like two weeks ago. What the fuck, man? Once again, horseshit. But, you know, th there's going to be people that are going to buy it. I'm, I know it's going to happen. But, I, I, uh, all right. Ah, we got our first call, and I believe it's going to be slick. Let's see if I'm right. Yes, sir. You're on the air. What's up, Slick? What's going on? Just chilling, man. Just listening to the show. What do you got for this week? Um, well, on the Sonic thing, I mean, yeah, it, it goes back to what I said last show about tired of seeing shit rehashed, but I give Sega a pass as much shit as I give Sega because in terms of Sonic, what the fuck else are they going to release? Every new Sonic game they put out is a piece of shit. So at least put out some good Sonic games, even if they're old as shit. That's a, that's understandable, but think about it from this standpoint. You, I just, you know, they just not too long ago released the Sega Genesis collection on the PS3, the 360, and I, I think the Wii, I might be wrong, but nonetheless, you get all those games, you get achievements, you get trophies on a disc. So... What exactly is the relevance in buying the shit to take up space on your hard drive when you can just as easily go buy the shit on a disc and get all the other games? You know, like, I'm more the sh they're charging 800 points probably per game. You know, think about it. Between six and 800 points per game, you start doing that in real-world terms, fucking go buy the disc at that rate. Well, the relevance is that... As much as it doesn't make any sense, people will buy it. You think, man? I really don't. I really don't think that people are gonna fucking get conned into this Sonic shit because of the reason that they just put out, like I said, the Genesis Collection. I mean, not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fucking shit on uh, your theory because you know it, it could happen. I'm more than sure somebody's gonna be like, oh, let me go get Sonic for whatever reason. But you know, it's like, oh, come on, man. Why don't they put out, like, fucking, like, Streets of Rage or some shit? And even Streets of Rage is on the disc, so I can't even say that. Bullshit. I think, I think at the end of the day... All shit is on the disc. Exactly, you know? I mean, unless you want to go, you know, and go real obscure and do, like, Space Channel 5 or Jet Grind Radio from the Dreamcast days, you know, maybe, maybe that route or Power Stone... You know, shit if they like that. release Jet Grind Radio, they'll make some dough because I know a lot of people who don't have that Xbox game, and even though they just recently, well, like last year, made it work on the Xbox, like <clears throat> the dude Bob was on the show last week, he was like, I wish I could play that shit. Yes, I do remember like, that. Bob a lot that. of people would, would buy Jet Grind Radio, that's for sure. So you're right. Release the games you haven't released yet, the ones that people go crazy over and really want to see again. Yeah, because it's like it doesn't make any sense to me that um, 
you know, you go, you buy the game on the virtual console, you're loving it, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, here it is on disc. It's ridiculous. Well, let's hope some dickheaded Sega managed to listen to your show and it says, hey, let's put out Jet Grind Radio. That would be fantastic, and I would feel really proud of myself. But uh, while I have you on the air, I know you had uh, mentioned to me off-air that you, uh, you, you're still playing Arkham Asylum, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of time with it this week, but I'm pretty deep into it. Like, I've solved a good 70% of the riddles. Nice. You still uh, playing Explosion Man? Yeah. I haven't yeah, had a chance to, to play that, that with Ant yet, but I want to do that, and I want to try that Kung Fu game that you were playing. Yeah, that frustrating-ass hand cow fist of legend, legend fist. But look, as Ladies and gentlemen, as if you... If you want to hear every racist obscenity ever uttered, listen to this man right here play that Kung Fu game. You know what it is? It's a great game. You know, it reminds me, like I said, of the old... i got to drink some water. The old uh, Kung Fu games on Nintendo where, you know, it's endless waves of enemies coming out and you fight, 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 and blah, 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 you go to the next stage. That, that's cool, you know? It's, it, it, it's very therapeutic in that sense. But let me tell you, there's no, like, set difficulty level for that game. And it's like, oh, yeah, first stage, you breeze through that shit, and you're feeling yourself. And you're like, all right, this game is awesome. Then, second stage. Ah, it's bend over and get ready to be raped like Oz. That's what happens. Second stage, it's like you got teleporting ninjas and dudes on fire and all kinds of shit. Oh, dude, it's it's ridiculous. Then you got this guy, he looks like... uh, like the Kabuki guy from Samurai Showdown, he's like one of the first like bosses that is giving me a hard time because he's like fucking halfway across a building and he's shooting like cannonballs at you. It Yoshiro. is, yo, it is ridiculous. It is, I I like the game. It's fun, but instead of it being like a nice little therapeutic jaunt through kung fu goodness, <laughs> it is a hate spewing, racist inducing shit bag of a game, which is fantastic, but. Yeah, it's just me it. fucking... Oh, dude, it's fucking... It takes me so mad. It's, it's absurd, but... I tell you this, though. Soundtrack, dynamite. And the fact that the uh, company that made it allowed you to download the soundtrack for free, yo, jam into some old 70s-style kung fu music, you know, makes you feel good. You know, every hero needs a soundtrack. <laughs> yes, sir. But, um... Speaking of soundtracks and endless lanes of enemies... Can I tell you about a game I played this past week? By all means, we are in the game segment. Let's hear it. It's, it drove me mad, but not in the good way. I played this little demo for this game called Wet. You remember that game I shit on a few weeks ago? Yes. Yes, I do. I said, you know what? The demo's out. Let me give it a chance. Wet has... A really cheesy but very fitting soundtrack. It kind of it fits for the mood, It fits for the game, but there's just nothing to the game. You run around shooting at endless. See, killing endless waves of enemies works in an old 2D Nintendo game. It doesn't work in like a 3D open world type game where there's just no point. The game controls like one of the shittiest games to ever come out for the Xbox. Drake of the 99 Dragons. Oh, this, what this a bad game that game was. 
she actually is shooting backwards while looking forward. Like her arms are bent backwards. I'm like, what the fuck is that? They borrowed that from Devil May Cry. You know they did. And then and Dante Dante did that shit too. But then you got the the second level they give you in the in the game. Oh no no, that's after the the her little blood rage, which was a piece of shit. It looks like a bad Wii game. It, it looks like Killer Seven for the GameCube. That's exactly what it looks like, except it's not wow. good. And then you get the the highway stage where. This bitch magically has Spider-Man power. She can stand on a freaking car that's driving at 80 miles an hour down like the freaking L.A. freeway and jump from car to car, jump and, and wall run against a freaking truck that's exploding and just, you know, stays alive somehow. The game would be excellent if it was a movie. It could be, like, the greatest action movie ever made that has no words whatsoever. Cause it is a movie. Is, it's ultraviolet. Ultraviolet was better than this piece of shit. Wow. Holy shit. That's crazy. Uh, let me put it this way. Unless there's something amazingly mind-blowing that the developers are not showing us about this game, what's not worth 1999? Oh. And graphically, it looks like something from the PS2 on the PS3. That's wow. terrible. It looks that like something weird. from the early PS2. Holy shit. That bad, huh? I downloaded that... the demo early, earlier this week. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm more than sure, based on your thrilling and exciting review, that I'm probably just going to be nauseous playing it and just be like, oh, here we go with this shit. But you know what it is? Sometimes for the, for the sake of entertainment, you have to play some shit. It's like, you know, you know, watching a bad movie to give a movie review. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But um, while I have you on the, on the air, I actually wanted to get your thoughts on the, uh, the God of War collection that's going to be coming out on the uh, PS3. It's going to be on Blu-ray, and they're going to be put, running the game at 1280 by 720 with a 60 frame per second uh, frame rate. And they're only charging 40 bucks for it, and they'll probably come out, you know, around the holidays. Do you feel that this is a, a great opportunity to, you know, get God of War back out onto the masses, you know, to put it out there? Or do you just think it's another way for Sony to fucking rehash an, an expired product? Well, I don't feel God of War to be an expired product, but it is, I do feel it's a rehash, but it is, you know, for anybody who missed God of War, definitely pick it up. I, I want to find out, like, I haven't, really looked at the developer page for it, but I want to find out if they put Chains of Olympus in there. If they put 1, 2, and Chains of Olympus in there, I'd buy that shit, and I own all three games. Yeah, I, um, you know what's funny? I own God of War 1 and 2. I think I have them, you know, burned on my PS2. Shh, don't tell anyone. But, (laughs) um, I never played the shit. Can you believe that? That is a game I haven't really sat down to play, so... I'm definitely going to uh, definitely pick that up, not only because it's going to be on Blu-ray, but, you know, see, as much as I shit on Sony, they actually took the opportunity and they said, look, we're going to re-release this shit so that we can get people amped for God of War 3. Let's redo the resolution. Let's update the frame rate. I'm more than sure they're going to try and make sure to clean it up so you don't get any clipping. But 
like I said, I think it's a good play on Sony's part just because they're, you know, they're keeping, you know, Kratos fresh, especially he's in the, uh, in the Soul Calibur game on the PSP also. So, you know, they're, they're keeping, they're keeping his name out there, you know, just trying to let people know like, Hey man, don't forget about the angry ball guy, not named slick that, uh, (laughs) that, you know, that, that's fucking cutting motherfuckers up. Don't forget about him. Cause you know, come 2010, he's going to, He's going to put an ass whooping on people. I think I respect what they're doing. It, you know, it's like I said, you know, a lot of other developers should take the opportunity and do that. Like, hey, if we're going to bring this game out, let's make sure it looks like something that you'd want to play on a 60-inch HDTV and not something you want to play on your old tube television that you keep in your basement. Absolutely. And, I mean... Graphically, God of War was one of the better PS2 titles. I mean, it's up there. I would I wouldn't put it on like an Okami or a Final Fantasy 12 level, but it's up there. It, yeah, it, Okami, it didn't it didn't have a lot of graphical problems or glitches, really. It's funny you bring up Okami because you know, of course, they're talking about um, Okami Den, which is going to be the quote unquote sequel. But for some reason, I've been hearing that it's going to be on the DS. Uh, Okami's one of those games that, you know, it, it, I think it has a real niche following like, uh, like Katamari and, uh, Shadow of the Colossus and Ico. You know, those are games that they're really good, uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Really great games that have a niche following. Um, did you play Okami at all? I played Okami all the way to the end. I still need to finish it. And God of War, I beat it. But I tried to play it on hard because I like to be able to beat the games in a harder setting. Like, I started Batman on hard. I got to the end of God of War, and I tried so damn hard. It made me, let's put it this way, if I had here, I would have tore it out. Because there's this part where you literally have to fight yourself like a million times, and that's not much of an exaggeration. And, you know, they beat the living shit out of you on hard. I couldn't do it. And anybody who's played that game and beat it on hard, I salute you because you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about, and I don't know how you did it. That's crazy. Um, you know what's funny? I think that the niche games have a have a great, you know, they have a, a place in gaming. I just don't like the fact that, you know, there are some great niche games that just don't get pushed enough, like, like Psychonauts. I, I actually got an opportunity to play Psychonauts. A friend of mine had it. And I was like, and why didn't this game get promoted more? You know, it, it's, a, it's just a very interesting game. You know, Sometimes if I really sad timing. The, the funniest thing is you mentioned Beyond Good and Evil and having that shit about the sequel to that, and I really want to play it. You know who fucked up the... Who stole the thunder from Ubisoft on Beyond Good and Evil? Who was that? It was Ubisoft. They fucked up and released the game at the same time they released the first remake of Prince of Persia on, the, on like, the GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. And oh, that completely stole the thunder of Beyond Good and Evil, which I'm not comparing them, but Beyond Good and Evil was an amazing game. You know... Uh, Beyond Good and Evil to me, I played it briefly. It didn't get my attention, but another niche game that definitely stepped their game up. If you ever uh, took the opportunity and played Eternal Darkness on the GameCube, yeah, dude. 
You know, I think that that was a good niche game that definitely took advantage of innovating and taking advantage of your surroundings. It actually was one of those niche games that immersed you really into it in the sense that, you know, the volume on the TV would shut down, you know, the TV would shut off, you know, things like that were, were I think at, at the time that that game came out, it was ahead of its time, you know, it was definitely something that you're not seeing as much nowadays. Now, a lot of games either fall into, you know, uh, sandbox like GTA, first-person shooter, uh, platforming third-person over-the-shoulder adventure, you know, or virtual console game. Yeah, we need to re, re um, breathe some new life into the, the genre of game that your controls fuck up if you get too scared. Because that's yeah. what Eternal Darkness was. Well, you know what it is? I think that Eternal Darkness would be a great game for the Wii. You know that the Wii is releasing the thing that monitors your pulse. The add-on. Wow. You attach, yeah, you attach... Uh, it's, uh, it looks almost like when you go to the hospital in the emergency room and they want to test your oxygen level in your finger. Yeah. You, it clicks on and then it gets attached to the Wiimote and it monitors, you know, it monitors your vitals almost. I think that if they did something, uh, Eternal Darkness would be the perfect candidate to test that with. Because think about it. You're playing the game, and it starts doing all kinds of freaky shit, and the only way that the game will stay, that, that you don't die, is if you stay relaxed. Or if you don't get, you know, a rush of adrenaline or whatever. Like, I think shit like that would definitely, definitely be a great way to show off the advanced, the, the advanced technology that they're trying to put out there. Uh, if they did that and they tested it with Eternal Darkness and it worked, then I, w- I would finally stop complaining about them re-releasing and remaking things like Resident Evil and Dead Rising on the Wii. Because, you know, if you, if you can make it so that the game gets harder to play, the more frustrated you get and you've got to calm down just to have a normal gaming experience, that's going to be something that would be interesting to play because games like that do drive you nuts. Yeah, I mean, the I remember playing the first Metal Gear Solid and when you fought uh, Psycho Mantis and he was whipping my ass and I'm like, how the fuck do I fight this guy? And a, and a friend of mine was like, dude, you gotta plug the controller in the other slot. I'm like, wow, that's the craziest shit ever. <laughs> you know, like, like I thought that that was, you know, I thought that was the shit back in the day, you know, in, in the late 90s. I was like, wow, this is fantastic. You know, now it's like, you know, they do all kinds of cooler shit now. But, you know, the, the, the fact that it becomes something more, more visual, you know, it, like you get stimulated more, you know, because like I was talking about last week with, with um, the, the Center of Disease Control telling us gamers that we're out of shape and all that shit. You know, I think that people being immersed in the gaming adds experience to it. I mean, you know, you can always add home theater. I think that was really one of the things that I liked about the Wii. That, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen people playing Wii tennis fucking sitting in their chair just flicking their wrist. But, you know, I enjoy the fact that from a family standpoint, from a, a, a keeping uh, old people active, you know, you're bringing in more casual gamers. And at the end of the day, you know, hardcore gamers do contribute a lot of money. But casual gamers, you know, those fuckers get beat over the head. So, you know, they'll come in, they'll buy the Wii, and the guy will be like, hey, man, do you want the nunchuck attachment? Do you want the golf club attachment, the lightsaber attachment? They'll be like, oh, I need that. And they'll be like, of course you do. So I think they have their place. And the reason why I actually brought up Wii is because the Wii is finally uh, 
jumping uh, forward a little bit and taking advantage of Facebook with an app that's going to allow you to uh, set up Wii Party Time Generator. It'll let you set up parties for a Wii Sports Resort, and you'll be able to invite all your friends and family for a Wii Sports Resort competition. Now, I'm trying to figure out, and I haven't got all the details yet, if you're going to have to input your long-ass uh, gamer code shit from the Wii, Oh, or if it's just to set up, or if it's just to set up real-time meetings, because I think it's cool that they're going that route. But you know, supposedly the app is going to let you host tournaments and you know post scores and results and medals and trophies, and you'll be able to share photos and shit. But what I want to know is, is that going to be something that's going to be Facebook only or Facebook and the Wii? You know, because it, it sounds cool on paper, man. But the online component for the fucking Wii. You know, once again, you know, it's, it's rehashing old shit, but definitely needs work in respect to community gaming. Because the only a lot of shit I, sounds cool on paper. Home sounded cool on paper. Home is fuck. Let me tell you something about home. I have more. I have more fun taking Metamucil and taking a hard shit than going on home. Home is bullshit. Let me wander around while a whole bunch of invisible fucks pop up. Let me just wait. Let me wait for all the people that are in a room. It, it, it's like what? It's like a room full of ghosts, and they just pop up out of nowhere. It's fucking bullshit. I have more fun waiting online at the DMV than I do waiting for home to load. <laughs> well said. But, of course, Sony takes advantage, and uh, they uh, supposedly are going to do integrate it into home somehow. They're going to start releasing like a... Uh, it's going to be like a retro room for a lot of the older PS1 titles. And as such, uh, the ESRB put out uh, some, a listing of classic PlayStation games that are supposedly going to be either accessible through the room or through the PSP or on the PlayStation Network. And they got a couple good titles. You got Legacy of Kane, Cool Borders 2 and 3, International Track and Field, which is bullshit, Oddworld, which another another niche game. Abe's Exodus and Abe's Odyssey, uh, Pandemonium. I'm so mad at Oddworld. I gotta stop you for a second because Oddworld was supposed to be seven games, and they got like three out. Yeah, well, the game, you know, take their sweet ass time. I don't think they're doing it anymore, dude. With that one on the Xbox with the dude that was the bounty hunter, I think that was it. I think was that, that was one game where, where three. you could throw your head and shit. I think so. It's like where you had all these different weapons that were like different creatures you collected around. But that was the last one. I'm telling you, man. They need to remake Booger Man. <laughs> to bring back Booger Man. What a piece of shit that was. But you know what? Uh, uh, in terms of digging up old dead and the fuck out of them, Hudson Entertainment took the opportunity to announce that nearly 15 years after being hidden, Bonk's Adventure is coming back. Bonk's Adventure is on the Wii already. No, no, no. New Hudson Bonk's still Adventure. Exists. Bonk, yep, Hudson Entertainment said that they're going to put out a, a new Bonk's Adventure that's going to come out Bonk's in 2010. Adventure. The yep, fucking Mario of the TurboGrafx-16. That is correct, and it's going to be on WiiWare, Xbox Live, and the PlayStation Network. Of course, updated graphics, new enemies, downloadable content, and supposedly online play. What do you think? 
I think it'll be a bag of shit. You think so? I think Box Adventure, if you charge like three, four hundred points for it, and you make it interesting, I think, you know, I think it'll be cool just for a newer generation. Because, dude, TurboGrafx-16 is one of those fucking things that, you know, you know, that's the shit you tell your kids to put them to sleep at night. Years ago, games used to come on little cards, and you'd put them in a machine, and a little big guy with a really big head would come out and hit people with his head. You know, like fucking bedtime stories and shit. Who the fuck, who the fuck other than maybe, I'd say people up to, I think, maybe the age of 18 or 19 know about a TurboGrafx-16? Really. Not, not from reading about it. Who? Nobody. Well, it's like fucking about Jaguar. You, when you have kids, you can tell them the legend of a console yeah. that actually costs more than the PlayStation 3. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> called, what the hell is it, the Neo Geo Mega Drive? Yeah, the Neo Geo. Let me tell you something about the Neo Geo. I almost broke down and bought one on eBay about six months ago. Almost. I was like, wow, I should get the Neo Geo CD and get the fucking fighting games. And blah. And then I thought about it, I'm like, no. No, I'm not going to. Fuck that. No. The fucking cartridges for that game are bigger than a Nintendo DS tank. The original DS. That's how big those fucking things are. Yeah, those shits are monstrous. But, um, let me fucking move on through all this stuff. Uh, Seen It, of course, what the great movie game for the Xbox 360, which I fucking play on a religious basis, is going to make its way to the Wii and the PlayStation 3 later this year with a new version. It's going to be a Wii, uh, Seen It, Bright Lights, Big Screen. And, you know, it's going to add trophy support, online, blah, blah, blah. You know, I um, I own both Seen It games. I really enjoy them, especially when you have a large group of people. And, I mean, you bought the game for 60 bucks and got all four remotes, which is really you mean cool. like Cross having Buzz? Yes, just like, exactly. But you know what's funny? I, I, don't, I don't understand why they didn't add integration for those remotes into 1 versus 100. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, Fucking game show remote. Sense. Why not? I get, what, I get what you're saying. So you can use the controller or you can use the remote. Right. Because it is, you know, it is a game show remote and you are basically playing a game show. Why not? I think maybe because of the way you answer the questions. Because you, you buzz in with the right answer. You don't buzz in an answer. Right. But you know what it is? You have the four buttons in a row to answer. Okay. You know? And then yeah, you can have, like, the definitely red... should have did that. And then you can use, like, the big red button for, uh, you know, to skip and shit like that. They could have done it. I mean, that, that, that's just something that came up to, that came to my attention. They could have done that shit. But I'm, defi- I'm definitely going to go and fucking buy it, because I like playing all those Cena games. It's a guilty pleasure. But, um... To rehash a little bit that we were talking about Sega earlier, uh, Sega took the opportunity today to announce that they're going to have a contest for uh, Bayonetta, and they announced the contest through Maxim.com. Uh, they're going to—they're looking for a lady who can capture the style and attitude of their upcoming heroine by way of a modeling competition. The winner will be on Maxim.com, of course, and they'll receive an Xbox 360, uh, 50-inch. Panasonic HD TV and a copy of the game. What do you think? So basically, <laughs> they'll keep the TV. 
because, you know, any chick that can probably uh, fill out that that I, that um, outfit doesn't give a shit about an Xbox 360, almost invariably. She might, but more than likely she won't. I'm looking at a picture of her right now. Odds are well, she won't, but she'll keep the TV. She'll probably give the freaking 360 to her boyfriend, and that's about it. Well, in, in, in the interest of uh, giving you guys all the news, if you want to enter it, you have to be 18 years or older and reside in the U.S. or Canada, and you have to send in a photo by September 30th. Of course, if you want the rules and shit, go to Maxim.com, and you should be able to get all the information there. I think, uh, you know, it, it's a cool concept. Once again, it continues to prove that, you know, just the mainstream power of games. It's like, you know, you got a, uh, you got a guy who, you know, loves gaming. And, you know, of course, gaming caters to us more so. So they go, hey, let's put, let's use Maxim, which is read by guys, and let's try and pick somebody to model. Yeah. I'm going to – hold on a second. The way I see it is with this uh, with this little contest, you know, it, it kind of, you know, once again sets gaming back a little bit because it, it caters to the fact that, you know, we're a bunch of gamers that don't get pussy. And, uh, you know, the concept of a woman or a model representing – a, you know, pivotal video game character is, uh, you know, is appealing. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed out, you know, in the sense that it's cool that you want to do the contest, but just once again, you, you kind of set us back a little bit and yeah, I could just fucking go into a rant for that. Um, Here's the thing, I wanna, I'll, I'll sum it up. The, the chick that wins basically is not going to give a fuck about gaming. She's going to enter it because it's going to get her put in maximum, and it's going to help launch her career. That's it. There you go. Well, the way I see it is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even not go into debate about it because I'm just going to get real upset. But um, I'm going to see who else is on the, uh, on the board here. Hold on a second. We got another call. Cool. You're on the air. Who's this? Yo, this is Strider. Hey, dude, what's up? Yeah, you heard you were talking about the uh, Maxim shit going on with the little contest and shit. I was gonna put in my two cents, but like I said, you don't want to go. You don't want to go there. So yeah, just go and continue, man. Fuck it. No, I definitely don't want to go into it. Um, I am actually. I actually want to move into give a little plug for the uh, Muramasa game. Uh, if you are a New Yorker you're going to get a chance to go and check it out at Nintendo World this weekend uh, from 12 to 3. They're going to give out food and stuff. And the first 100 customers that buy it are going to get, like, limited edition shirts and stuff. So I wanted to toss that out to any of the other New Yorkers other than Slick and myself that listen. And uh, they're going to be able to give out a lot of cool shit, Japanese calligraphy. Uh, what else are they doing? Uh, more Masa-themed characters. I was contemplating possibly trying to go to cover it for the show, but I don't know, fucking between 12 and 3, that's going to consume a majority of my Saturday. But uh, if anybody out there happens to go, uh, by all means, you know, forward me some information. 
and I'll be glad to discuss it. And I think that's going to wrap up the game news for this week. Uh, I'm going to move into some movie news, and I got a lot of shit. So uh, if you guys want to call back, because I want to try and just get into the vibe with this, by all means, you can. I just don't want to. I want to keep the lines open a little bit. All right, cool. All right, no problem. Sounds good. All right, boys. I'll try to check out that that shit on Saturday. Just remind me. All right, sounds like a plan. Uh, I'm just going to get into the movie stuff. If you guys want to call back, I think I'm going to have Josh calling in, and I believe also Kevin from VGN is calling in. So I definitely want to have you guys call in to debate with them. Okay, cool. All right, fellas. All right, peace for now. Alright, peace. Alright. Definitely wanted to uh keep Slick on a little more. By always he uh he brings always a fantastic spin on things. But um definitely just to improve the show of the of the flow of the show, like I said, I just wanna keep all the call ins to a minimum. And uh I wanna talk about the Marvel, of course, being acquired by Disney. I'm supposed to have Josh call in, and uh, he's going to give me some insight, given that he's, uh, you know, been involved in the uh, television industry and how it affects uh, both properties. I definitely want to get his take on it. And as a matter of fact, he is on the air. Hey, what's going on? Hey, dude, what's going on? Not much. Loving the show. Loving the show. Thanks a lot, bro. Uh, sure. Marvel, Disney, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, this is huge. You know, Marvel has been thought of as like, um, you know, a shit pot for so long. You know, at the beginning, it was it was huge, and um, especially like when it went public. About, uh, I mean, this must have been what, like, uh, 15 years ago, it went public, and um, that's sort of like the height of comic books uh, before it crashed. And uh, ever since the crash, um, Marvel's just trying trying to rebuild itself, and it, you know, Spider-Man and the X-Men movies have really helped it, but they've sort of continued to mismanage the company. So it being taken over by Disney hopefully should um, be good for all of us, I believe. Well, based on that and, you know, the fact that Disney is such a fucking, it's such a huge juggernaut, do you think that Disney's going to let them remain a separate entity like they did with Pixar, or are they going to slowly start kind of, you know, tweaking certain things because based on the press release I read, you know, they're going to keep them separate and, you know, they're, they're going to leave all the deals that are done with Paramount and um, Fox for Fantastic Four. They're going to leave all those deals in place, but they're talking about down the road definitely doing stuff with Pixar and Marvel. Do you, do you see sure. it going that route? Yeah, well, I, you know, that, that's so far down the road, the, the licensing deals they have. And we're not talking just about the movies, but we're talking about video games and other stuff as well. They're so long. I mean, they've got to deal with Sega for all the movie games until 2019, for example. Um, you know, they've got deals with um, GE where, you know, they can't build, um, you know, if they want to build, like, let's say, a Spider-Man ride in, in Disney World, they can't do it uh, on the East Coast, but they could do it on the West Coast because uh, GE has the rights to Spider-Man and Hulk rides, uh east of the Mississippi River. So, I mean, they've got all these convoluted deals. And to be honest with you, if you look at it, they're just going to start banking tons of cash off all these movies coming out because once these deals are up, they're going to be the ones um, releasing them in the same way that, uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, a Star Wars movie is totally funded by Lucas. 
but he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't release the movies himself. He has Fox to uh, distribute them, and they take in, you know, 10% of the gross. So think about, you know, 10% of the gross of, uh, you know, any Spider-Man flick, all the Hulk movies, all the, you know, Thor's coming out, all this stuff. It's all going to go to Disney. Well, yeah, I'm more than sure that it's going to improve Disney's bottom line. Um, one thing I can see happening, and I see a lot of people in the chat mentioning it, is the fact that you got – you know, you have pretty much Disney has been, I, I want to say, girl-friendly with its programming in terms of Hannah Montana, That's So Raven, Wizards of Ra- Waverly Place, you know, High School Musical. Sure. While it's, it seems to cater to a, a, a larger uh, female audience, you know, a lot of boys watch certain things. But do you think that this is Disney's way of just, you know, trying to bring in that demographic that they lost by just cranking out all this preteen, you know, I, I don't want to say girly shit because I don't want to, you know, sound sexist, but, you know, do you think that it's just their way of just grasping at straws to try and bring that demographic back in? Well, I don't think it's grasping at straws. I mean, you know, that tween market is huge, and we know, with the girls and all that stuff you mentioned. So now they've got the, the Disney XD channel for the guys, so or for the boys, and they're going to, you know, put all the Wolverine ca- cartoons and all the Spider-Man cartoons, and it should it should really help them out in, in grabbing some of that market. But you got to remember, it's it's comic books is sort of a weird end. You know, we love it. You know, I know I'm really into it. You're really into it in terms of we grew up with it, and you know, you can't wait to see all the new Marvel movies. But not the next generation isn't exactly like that. So we'll see where it goes. You know, Marvel's been mishandled for so long in terms of maximizing. Um, the exposure of their properties that, you know, we sort of forget that, especially as gamers and, and people who love comic books. We don't sort of see that. You know, a lot of people aren't that interested in Spider-Man, even though, you know, any Spider-Man movie that comes out, it's, you know, it's always an event. Well, I think one, one thing that definitely uh, caught my attention about the whole thing was uh, a lot of uh, talk between definitely doing a lot of stuff with Marvel and Pixar and, you know, it takes me back to when The Incredibles came out. I thought The Incredibles, for being an animated movie, was one of the better superhero movies I had seen in a long time. I felt that, yeah. you know, The Incredibles, while adding, you know, the, the family dynamic and a lot of, you know, cute kitty stuff, they definitely, you know, they definitely pushed the envelope with a lot of stuff. Do you, act, do you see more movies uh, per, uh, containing Marvel characters going that route, especially with Pixar involved? Do you do you think that it's going to be something where Disney's going to want to use more of the hand animation, you know, more of the hand drawn stuff? Well, I think I think the hand drawn stuff is sort of a thing of the past, as we've seen with um, you know, like recent releases, like what was that movie Ponyo that just came out and no one went to see it. I think unless it's Japanese anime, um, it's not going to you know hold water in the United States at least. Um, but mainly what I see Disney doing with Marvel is not so much going in there and taking over and trying to do crossovers. You know, I don't think you're going to see the Spider-Man Nemo crossover that you're so <laughs> longing for, Rich. Uh, you talk about oh, yeah. I'm, but, I'm uh, so excited I, to see uh, Nemo in a Spidey costume. Makes me I soaking think, wet I, in my shorts. I think what Disney's going to do is they're going to sit back. They're going to say, you know, when these uh, contracts are expiring, the money's going to roll in. And at the same time, they're going to do what they do best, which is maximize, um, you know, all of the licensing deals in terms of, you know, all the plush toys and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? That's what Disney really does best. I mean, anytime you see anything with two ears on it, you think Mickey Mouse. 
and that's what they're going to do to all this Marvel stuff and do the exact same thing. So, the, like the toys you see in the store and all that, that sort of, you know, merchandising for, for their characters, you're going to see a lot more of that and probably done in a, in a more effective way. You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it you know, I, um, when the announcement was made, you know, being, you know, that I follow Twitter and MySpace and all this shit, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And in, in, in the interest of that, you know, a lot of crazy things were coming out. You know, they started putting Donald Duck dressed up as Wolverine and <laughs> Mickey Mouse dressed as Spider-Man. And as amusing as, as that seems, I see, th- I see toys like that being released just to, for little boys that like Disney stuff. I definitely see that. I, definitely see, I, I can see it right now, a Mickey Mouse dressed as Spider-Man in the toy aisle of Target. I see it happen. Sure. Sure, yeah, and that's, you know what, and that's probably, you know, going to be very prevalent, which is fine. You know, it, it's really not our, our age group, you know what I mean? It doesn't affect us. I mean, I think what we're all concerned about is, is messing up the, um, sort of the dynamics. I think what everyone really likes is the integration of the characters in one movie to another, like, you know, in, in Iron Man when uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. showed up and all that kind of stuff. So I think that sort of stuff is more going to stay the way it is, and hopefully... Um, the people of Marvel can do more of that as opposed to, you know, you know my opinion, I really hated the Wolverine movie. I thought it was shit. Um, so hopefully we can get back to, to better comic book movies like, uh, you know, the first and second Spider-Man and, and the first X-Men and stuff like that. I, you know, the funny thing is that a lot of people, you know, they're be, being passionate about this stuff. I, I can see Disney pushing, putting more money into this stuff to get, you know, better actors and, you know, when you got Disney money behind something, you know, it, that, that's serious business, you know, because now you got, you know, you, it's kind of like you being the little punk kid and having your big brother behind you. You know, it's going to be, I think, easier for a lot of projects to come off the ground with that kind of backing. Yeah, I think people think Marvel and they think, you know, wow, they must have tons of money and they could do whatever they want. But really they can. That's why they were so handicapped by these licensing deals, you know, giving – uh, Sony, Spider-Man, and GE, the Hulk, and all this kind of stuff. And now, you know, with Iron Man, as everybody knows, they released their first movie under their own studio. But that movie costs a lot of money to produce, and they don't have the kind of cash flow that you would think. You know what I mean? They're, they're not Disney. You know, they're $4 billion is a lot of money, but it's not Disney. You know what I mean? Disney's, like, huge. Um, so hopefully, as you said, I, I think this will help in the case of you know what, we're making this movie, it's costing $125 million. We really want to put $25 million more because that's really going to make it much better and improve the special effects, do all these get better actors, as you said. And I think with Disney behind them, they'll say, hey, let's do it. Well, you know, I think it benefits the fans in that way. You know, uh, you know, like Terminator 3, whether you like it or not, um, and I think it was a shitty movie, but, you know, it would have been so much worse if they hadn't put the additional, you know, whatever it was, 25 to $30 million in it to put all those... You know, over special, the top, effects. special effects. You know what I mean? So I think that's what we're talking about. So I think it's beneficial to the fans to have someone like Disney. And we're glad it's Disney and not, you know, some other company that, you know, is, is outside the realm of, uh, you know, doing what they're doing. You know, they're used to licensing characters, dealing with uh, kids and, and younger uh, products as opposed to, you know, someone like Microsoft or uh, another big company. You know, it's good well, you know, he didn't buy Marvel. What's GE gonna do with it? Oh, they ain't gonna do shit. But it's funny that yeah. you mentioned about the backing of um, for Iron Man because no sooner did 
Marvel, you know, get acquired, so to speak, by Disney. Ain't It Cool News actually posted that uh, Marvel Studios is considering releasing the second Iron Man in 3D. I think that with the success of Up, which was in 3D and a Disney movie, I can see that happening, especially with, with, with all that money that they can throw at, you know, doing 3D effects for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, 3D is the way things are going to move as, as they replace screens in, in theaters as they get older. You're going to see more of that. It's just expensive, you know. Those, those kind of theaters are expensive, but that's just, you know, it's the natural progression of, of the medium. Well, you know, the shit that annoys me, though, with 3D, 3D starting to become the equivalent of making every movie dark. It's like, let's make every, every character dark. You know, let's make, you know, the Smurfs dark, Alvin and the Chipmunks <laughs> dark. You know, and then, you know, it's happening with 3D movies, you know, because you got, you know, Final Destination, 3D, Up, 3D, um, fucking My Bloody well, Valentine, 3D. Sure, it's, it's a gimmick like anything else, you know. It's like, you know, uh, chromium covers on comic books and, uh, you know, Yankee pin inserts in, in uh, newspapers. It's, it's merchandising. Well, you want to know something funny? Even Even Halloween is getting in on it because, you know... They're going to do a third Halloween movie, and supposedly Rob Zombie's not going to do it. And yeah, I think he's done. They're going to do it. They're going to do it in 3D. It's going to be Halloween kind of 3D. As long as it's yeah. not the Jaws 3D. <laughs> no, let's not fucking talk about Jaws 3D. <laughs> but um, you know, it was in the LA Times, and supposedly Bob Weinstein from Weinstein and Co was like, "Yeah, we're going to do Halloween 3D. It's already in development." Blah, blah, blah. And, of course, he closed it out by saying that it's going to have a different take on the franchise again. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see if it comes to fruition, because from what I know, 3D is pretty expensive to make. And uh, depending on, you know, usually those horror films are like, they cost like $5, and they, they gross, you know, $20, 30 million the first weekend. This so is we'll very true. They really put the money in behind the horror film. You know, it's, it seems kind of, it seems like the perfect match, you know what I mean? It's something, a thriller where you sit in a theater and you're worried and all of a sudden a fucking knife comes at you or whatever. But at the same time, you know, all these movies nowadays are made for $5. They're not, you know, the summer blockbuster. They're not like Avatar. Yeah, fucking $40 million movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, have you seen the Avatar trailer? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, you know what it is? I, I it, it looks cool, but it's like, all right, blue-skinned aliens. and eh, eh. You know, it just didn't, it didn't fucking get my attention. I think the Airbender shit got my attention more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been watching a lot of the, I watched a lot of new trailers today, and most of them are just god awful. And um, you know, who knows with the movie business? I guess it's always it's always hit or miss. Um, you know, we'll see we'll see what comes out next. Well, before uh, before I move on, I wanted to uh, you know, given that you're a a Blu-ray purist, I wanted to uh, let you know I wanted to let you know about uh, Gladiator came out recently on Blu-ray. And, you know, it's one of my favorite movies. And the company, of course, took the opportunity for making Gladiator and Braveheart part of their Sapphire release, you know, real, real high-tech, real special edition. But it turns out that when you buy the Gladiator Blu-ray, they use the original transfer for the movie, which looks like shit. See, that's what I always worry about with Blu-ray is, is older movies, which are, you know, are obviously going to have shit transfers, and movies that are like really have that grainy look, like um, the Ocean's movies. Like if you watch Ocean's uh, Eleven or any of those movies on Blu-ray, you just you want to stab yourself in the face because it's really like someone put a piece of sandpaper over the screen. Um, 
but then you watch a movie like, um, you know, Ratatouille or something that's totally digital and it's like sick. Um, you know, I don't watch anything standard definition anymore. I just, I bought um, the second season of Mad Men that looked phenomenal on Blu-ray. The audio was phenomenal. And uh, I think that's the way to go. I, I'm really, uh, you know, these older movies, like, you know, I know we had discussed it before about Gladiator uh, when we hung out the other day, but, you know, it's it's really it's really hit or miss with a lot of these things. They you, they got to have good transfers. they got to look clear or else it's just, you know, what's the point? Like, I would never buy Godfather on uh, on Blu-ray because they say the transfer is, is horrible. Yeah, and I'm bummed out, you know, because it's like Braveheart came out, and I saw the transfer for Braveheart, and it looks fucking ridiculous. And then it's like, dude, you're putting both movies out, you know, through the Sapphire series, you know, which is supposed to be this giant thing, and the, the movie looks like shit. I'm, I'm like, you know, there's a movie that, that, that tons of motherfuckers are going to buy, and it just looks awful. You couldn't even see the arrows when they shot the flaming arrows in the beginning of the movie because it was so shitty, so, so poorly converted. Yeah, it's 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 the it's a real conundrum of Blu-ray. It's you know, and, I, and it comes back to the fact of of them just half-assing Blu-ray because it's sort of an in-between medium. You know, it's it's not digital downloads and it's not DVD. It's somewhere in between, and we don't know how many years we're going to get out of it. You know, are we going to get a decade out of it? Probably not. You know, as computers get faster and we can do the the high-def streaming, and of course, you know, now everybody has terabyte drives and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, we'll see. The HD downloads, I think, are definitely still years off. I like Blu-ray, but, you know, it's it's the commitment that the that each company makes to it. Oh, there it is. Um, before I move on, I definitely wanted to uh, thank you for the call. Um, before, before you go, uh, of course, you recently had a book published, which is uh, Brandon Sparks. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Maybe people can uh, check it out. Yeah, sure. It's just a children's book. It's a children's chapter book, ages like 9 to 14. And it's basically, um, you know, what would happen if a young boy became the captain of a starship. Uh, full title is Brandon Sparks, My Hidden Son. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can look at my name up on Amazon. It's there, and you can read about it and check it out if you want. That's awesome, dude. All right. All right, well, thanks well, for having you know. me on the show, Rich. show's great, and um, I'm going to continue to listen. And uh, have a good night, buddy. Thanks a lot, dude. I appreciate your call. Yeah, no problem. Catch you later. All right, man. Peace. All right. Uh, of course, I am uh, going to put a link for uh, Josh's book on the uh, show notes uh, later on tonight if you guys want to check it out. Um, now, in fucking sequel news, because, you know, every week I do the show, every week there's sequels. Let's start with the first uh, shitbag sequel. Let's start with another Rambo movie. Yes, they're going to do a fifth Rambo movie, and it's going to be Rambo versus the Mexicans. I'm not even joking. Uh, according to Variety, you know, they leaked out that uh, Millennium Films greenlit a uh, fifth installment of Rambo. Of course, Stallone is coming back, and he's going to play the same role from the last film, as, and he's going to be the star and the director. And it's going to be Rambo, get this, fighting his way through human traffickers and drug lords to rescue a young girl abducted near the U.S. and Mexican, Mexican border. Production on the film is supposed to start in the spring. So there you have it. Another Rambo against the Mexicans. I'm like, 
what the fuck, man? I'm like, don't get me wrong. John Rambo, the last Rambo flick, was fantastic. I mean, it, it, it brought Rambo into the, into the now. It, it was gritty. It was dark. You know, it's like, fuck, why not just make Rambo fight Al-Qaeda? Why not just make Rambo kill Bin Laden? You know, let's fucking dig in the crates. You know, why doesn't Rambo fight Machete? And then you could just release both movies together. Because it's... It's it's bullshit. Leave Rambo alone. The last movie was perfectly fine. Now it's going to become late night cable fodder. You know, it's going to be like, Oh, I'm Rambo. You got the girl in there? Get out of here, pinche cabrón. All right, I'm going to have to shoot all of you. And everybody's like, ah, El Gringo's killing everyone. It's, oh, man. It, why do they do this shit? Every week I shit on the same things. Oh, but it gets better. The Hollywood Reporter decided to put out that they're going to do a third Bad Boys movie. That's right, another Bad Boys movie that they're working on the script and they're hopefully going to bring back Michael Bay, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer to produce, and Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Once again, just milking the franchise. It's it's ridiculous. It's like, here's a horse, it's dead, dig it up and rape it. That's what it is. It's like, Bad Boys 2 was way too long, number one. That shit was like two and a half hours. It's ridiculous. Then, on top of the fact... You know, they they just phoned it in with the plot. Like, the first hour and a half was fantastic. You know, the Spanish dude, the drug dealer, fucking awesome bad guy. But the fucking drive through the rainforest and driving through all the houses and being on the border sucked. But you know what it is? The movie grossed $207 million worldwide. The first Bad Boys in 1995. Bad Boys 2 grossed $411 million. So, So, of course, why not? Why not fucking crank out another shitbag movie? Why not? It's like, we can't just leave bad boys alone either. Another one. Leave it the fuck alone. No. Let's dig up poor Martin Lawrence, who I'm going to shit on now, because on top of the fact that he's possibly going to do another bad boys, guess what the fuck else he's going to do? He's going to do another Big Mama's House, because that's all we need. More Martin Lawrence in the fat suit. More fucking stupid-ass fart jokes. Again, he's going to do Big Mama's House 3, and it, it goes back into the bullshit. You know, you got Big Mama's House earned $174 million. Boom. Big Mama's House 2, $138 million. Ridiculous money. But you know what it is? It's like, way to fucking con motherfuckers to, you know, just get dragged into this shit. It's like... Why do we need another Bad Boys and another Big Mama's House? Why? I don't, I don't understand the logistics of, you know, Martin Lawrence, he's funny, kids like, you know, Martin Lawrence, I love Martin. Huge fan of his. And the thing that kills me is he's starting to go the Eddie Murphy route, where it's, you know, Every, every movie that Eddie Murphy's in goes like this. It's Eddie Murphy in Eddie Murphy. It's Eddie Murphy talking to animals. It's Eddie Murphy this. It's Eddie Murphy in a spaceship. But look, Eddie Murphy, I've fucking, 
I love him. He's another one. Fucking fantastic. Comedic genius. But when all his movies are fucking Disney flicks, I lose respect for the comedic genius. You know, I, I fucking grew up watching Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy Raw was one of the first things I saw as a kid in terms of comedy. You know, it's one of those things that got, you know, it, it got me into just not only trying to be funny, but, you know, just the fact that it, it, it was his timing, his, his, you know, his style, you know, not, the, not just the laugh and, and the jokes, but, you know, it was, it, it, it absorbed, you know, it was absorbing the comedy. You know, it's like watching Richard Pryor, you know, Th- those guys, you watch them and you watch their stuff, like a lot of Richard Pryor's old flicks, man, fantastic. See No Evil, Hear No Evil with Gene Wilder, awesome. Then you think about that fucking shitbag Superman movie he was in, and you're like, fuck, man, why'd you shit up, why'd you fuck up your legacy doing that shit? You know, Martin Lawrence is going that same route. You know, you think of Blue Streak, uh, The Martin Show, uh, y- you know, even the, the first Big Mama's House, which I tolerated. It's fine. But then, it just fucking, ugh, I can't, I, I can't sit here and try and defend, you know, Martin Lawrence. I can't, dude, because you're fucking, you're cranking out shit. It's like sitting on a toilet and just shitting your life away, not even getting up, just eating all your dinner while you're shitting. That's what it is. That's what he's doing. He's doing all these movies, you know, college road trip, uh, a black knight in King Arthur's court, if I remember correctly. You know, he's doing just just awful shit. What happened to the old days, dude, where you were funny, where, where shit was official? Now it's just... Oh, let me do this movie. It, 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 I feel like he's doing them just for a paycheck. It's like, dude, you got enough fucking money. Read the scripts, dude. Fuck. That I just can't sit here and fucking continue to, you know, try and support him. I can't. It just feels it just feels lame to me. You know, I'm putting him in the same boat I put Jackie Chan, where you know Jackie Chan, legendary martial artist, favorite dude. But dude, all his movies are the same shit. It's like. Jackie Chan finds hidden statue. Bad guys attack Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan uses all the shit around him to whoop bad guys' ass. Next movie, Jackie Chan, they kidnap his mama. He uses all this crazy shit in the vicinity to get his mama back. It's all the same shit. It, oh, I'm just done. I am just beyond done. Yeah, I'm just absurd. It's... Whatever. I think... I'm going to take a, a time out of raging on this stuff and uh, rage on the fact that they are going to reboot Fantastic Four yet again. It's like first Fantastic Four, the really, really lame-o one that you can only find, you know, on the black market or in a comic convention. That one, awful. The one with Jessica Alba, was a step in the right direction. The second one, once again, step in the right direction. I'm more than sure there are people that are going to gripe, you know, about Galactus, Doctor Doom, you know, shit like that. I'm, I'm more than sure. But I think in terms of a plausible portrayal of Fantastic Four, I think in terms of just a, a, a good representation, I think those movies were okay. It was decent. But... Here we go. We're going to go and reboot it yet again. I bet you they're going to go the route and they're going to be like, Fantastic Four needs to be dark. 
Fantastic Four needs to be, you know, more more character focused. You know, it's gonna be some lame old shit. But the worst part is that Fox controls the Fantastic Four franchise, and as long as they continue making films, Marvel's gonna serve as a producer, as a producer, and they're gonna be the financial participant through the licensing agreement. So, you know, it it lends a, a valid argument to what Josh said earlier when when he called in about, you know, Disney, you know, being the big brother in the sense that if you want to redo Fantastic Four now, you're going to be able to, you know, throw a little bit more money at the movie and try and get, uh, you know, better actors and shit. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to shit on it too much. Um, I had some other crazy shit. Uh, oh, yeah. Of course, I can't shit on TV on movies doing reboots without TV stepping in and just fucking me in the ass too. Uh, good old bloody disgusting.com said that MTV is looking to make a series out of Teen Wolf. Yeah, exactly. The show is closer to reality with a pilot presence with a, a pilot that was ordered recently. MTV announced the project in January and, uh, they plan on, and get this, MTV said the following, according to uh, Liz Gately. She's the uh, senior VP of MTV Series Development. She said, it's a fresh take and is very different from the original. It has more of an American werewolf in Paris feel to it. It's a dramatic thriller with two best friends in the center who provide a great comedy element. They are two very relatable characters on the outer circles of popular cliques. You know, here we go again. It's one of those things that, you know, it, it, it annoys me. It's lack of originality, once again. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be so pessimistic in declaring it a total fucking bomb, but the fact of the matter is that why are you digging in the crates for something like that? It, 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 you know, I, this isn't even the thing where, they found the property, and they're going to run with it. Oh, no. This stems from fucking Twilight. Because everything has to be about vampires and fucking werewolves. The minute that I'm going to... You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a book about midgets. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a book about midgets in high school trying to fit in, and one of the midgets has special powers. And that midget is going to be, you know, the outcast midget amongst all the other midgets. That's what I'm going to do. And what's going to end up happening is once the book becomes fantastic and everyone reads it, I'm going to crank out movies about midgets. Just midgets in Hollywood, midgets trying to go to the bathroom, midgets trying to drive. It's, it's you know, that's what I'm going to do because obviously every time something of, you know, uh, li literal significance, anything, anything from a book that people like and people enjoy, um, they, it gets shit on. So all of a sudden, you know, when, like when Harry Potter came out, as soon as Harry Potter got, you know, got wings, it was Harry Potter movies, then Aragon movies, then, uh, you know, Alex Ryder Stormbreaker. They went and they dug up every preteen tween book and just decided to crank it out that's all they did you know and it, it's ridiculous of course somebody on the chat also 
told me to think about all these Facebook applications, which is true. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you crank out all this material, and you, you invest as an author all this time into writing these books. And, you know, somebody says, hey, let's make a movie about your book and how fucking awesome it is. Okay, make my movie. And then it just spirals out of control. It just becomes a vortex of shit. Every shitty idea that you ever dreamed could be possible happens as soon as a great book becomes a movie. All of a sudden you get, you know, Twilight the Lunchbox. Twilight the Coloring Book. Twilight the, the Movie Adaptation. Twilight the Hat. You know, 20,000 Hot Topic Twilight shirts. It, it, it's absurd. You know, why are they just taking everything from the 80s, shitting on it, setting it on fire, and then peeing on it to put it out? That, that's what's happening. You know, as an 80s baby, I'm just disgusted. It makes me upset. It, it's, it's ridiculous. But no here, no there. I'm, I'm not even going to go any further with it. But, of course, as I scroll through my notes, I continue to find more bullshit, like another Blair Witch movie. Of course. They're going to go and do the prequel origin of the Blair Witch. Uh, the guy, uh, the director... He said, our original idea for the Blair Witch Project was to go through all the periods of mythology and make a movie about them. And we wanted to start at the beginning and do the story of Ellie Kedward, the original person the Blair Witch is named after. Uh, Sanchez states that he and co-director Daniel Myrick will pitch the idea to Lionsgate, who owns the rights. While it's not a done deal, it would be doing a follow-up story following the original film's characters and their disappearance 15 years after the original. Now... You know, I admire what the director did because on the outset, you know, from Jump, he goes, look, I want to do another Blair Witch movie. It's not going to be a fucking prequel. It's, it's just going to continue with the mythology at the end of the first movie. Now, when I watched the Blair Witch Project initially, I, it definitely creeped me out because the aspect of it made it feel so real, the way it was filmed. You know, it was very advanced at, 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 at the time. Now, you know, with a lot of the advances in technology and stuff, I don't know if that's going to take wind the same way. I think, you know, I'm worried. It's, you know, it's upsetting, but it worries me in the sense that, you know, the director's doing the right thing by saying, look, man, we're not going to fucking do this bullshit. We're not going to phone it in. But, turns out, I don't think it's going to translate well, not because the movie is, any, is, is bad. I just think that it's been so long that I don't know if people are going to appreciate it the same way. But who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, last two things I want to go over is uh, the Marvel comic book movie Kick-Ass is going to be released on April 16th. Uh, it's going to be about a uh, young kid named Dave who wants to become a superhero but has no athletic ability and no coordination. He runs into real bad guys with real weapons, and of course, hilarity ensues. He meets up with some vigilantes, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to give too much away. I definitely want to check that out because I read the kick-ass comic book, and it was fantastic. Uh, my favorite movie, The Expendables, which I can't wait to see, unfortunately has been pushed back four months, so I have to now wait till August 20th. Of course... For those of you that don't know, The Expendables is the action movie to end all action movies. It is the ultimate guy flick. The ultimate fucking... Put it like this. It's the ultimate fucking expression of just violence. And you'll see why. Here's your cast. You got Stallone. 
You got Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, uh, Jason Statham, Jet Li, Mickey Rourke, Dolph Lundgren, Steve Austin, Terry Crews, and Randy Couture. It's just going to be shit getting blown up and really bad dialogue, and I am going to watch it with a smile on my face. It's going to be the shit. That, that's what I'm going to do. But, of course, it wouldn't be one great bit of comic book news and one great bit of movie news, but the last wonderful nugget of information. Uh, if any of you are familiar with DC Comics, you may have know, heard of a character called Lobo. Lobo at the time was created as kind of a parody of the Punisher and Wolverine. As such, you know, he was considered a joke character till more and more people started thinking that he was cool. Of course, like anything else, when shit is cool, people want to run with it. Guess what they're doing? That's right, a Lobo movie. Guess who's directing it? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie's going to direct the Lobo movie. Now, odds are that Warner Brothers, which it's already said, is aiming for a PG-13 movie. And they, it's been said that it's with the emphasis on visual effects along with Ritchie bringing his gruff tone from past films like Snatch. With that alone, I want to smash my head through my fucking monitor. You want to do a Lobo movie that's PG-13. This is a fucking guy that killed Santa Claus in a comic book. You know, uh, people in the chat room, yeah, Guy Ritchie's fantastic. He is. Snatch, awesome. Fucking, what the fuck is his other movie that I like? Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, awesome. But you're making a Lobo movie, PG-13. Are you fucking serious? Really? Really? Who said that that's a fucking cool idea? Who said that? Who? Let's make a Lobo movie and make it be... No! No, you don't do it. You don't. You're fucking insane if you think people are going to fucking want to see it. It's going to suck. It is. I don't give a fuck how cool you make the special effects. An R a non-R-rated Lobo with no blood and violence is, is, is awful. It is god-awful. It's, you know, it's like watching a comedy on mute. You want to enjoy it, but you can't because you don't get the fucking punchline. It's the same shit with Lobo. It's like, it's a dude that literally disembowels motherfuckers. This guy goes from planet to planet. He's a bounty hunter. He fucks chicks. He has kids everywhere. He's just a degenerate. He's a degenerate anti-hero that is not going to translate well into screen on a PG-13 fucking rating. Dear Hollywood, go fuck yourself. That's what they get. And you know what? Fuck Guy Ritchie for signing up for this shit. He gets You it. dumb asshole! That's it. I don't give a fuck. Lobo, PG-13, you're insane. You're fucking insane. Period. That's it. I, I can't. I can't even go into it. You know what? Let's go into the fucking letter bag for this. Oh, no. Can't even go into the letter bag. Because I forgot the fucking piece of, of shit that took up most of my notes. The uh, Spike TV 2009 Scream Awards are coming up next month. They're going to be uh, sometime in October. And as such, they took the opportunity to let out um, some of the categories and what's nominated. I'm not going to go into all of them, but um, I'm going to just throw out a few things here. And, you know, people are free to comment. Uh, let's talk about uh, Best Fantasy Movie. The nominees are Coraline, 
Harry Potter, Twilight, Up, Watchmen, and Wolverine. Twilight is in a category for best fantasy movie. What's going to happen? Gee, what the fuck is going to win? I don't even need to watch the shit to know that that's going to win. Here's another one. The Ultimate Scream, which I'm assuming is the ultimate uh, sci-fi horror movie of the year. Their nominees are Drag Me to Hell, Let the Right One In, Star Trek, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, Twilight, and Up. Who the fuck do you think is going to win? Again! Let's go into best horror movie. Dead Snow, which I saw, which was hilarious. Drag Me to Hell. Friday the 13th, the remake. Let the Right One In. My Bloody Valentine 3D and Splinter. I can definitely see Dead Snow, possibly, but since we want to go mainstream and not, you know, quality, I see Drag Me to Hell probably getting it. Best sci-fi movie. Knowing, which they have to be smoking some serious crack when that Nicolas Cage shitbag of a movie is being nominated for anything. You know what I nominate Knowing for? For the script being toilet paper or being paper for my dog to shit on. That's what I nominate Knowing for. They gotta be fucking insane to fucking nominate that shit. They're, they're, they're crazy. They are insane. Then, a uh, couple of other gem categories. Let me see uh, how much time we got. We got 55 minutes, so, and, uh, of course, my switchboard is fucking frozen, so I can't even refresh it, or the show will crash. But I know people want to call in and shit on this stuff, and I'm going to give them an opportunity if I can gently refresh it without crashing the show. Anyway, here's some other fantastic categories. Uh, best comic book. Nominees. Green Lantern. Hack Slash. Kick-Ass. Thor. The Walking Dead and Wolverine Old Man Logan. The, the, the nominees are okay. I'm not going to shit on it because they're, they're all good books in their own ways. Best comic book movie. Dragon Ball Evolution. Punisher Warzone. The Spirit. Watchmen. And Wolverine. It's ridiculous. If Watchmen does not win that fucking... Yo, whatever the fuck they give out, Spike, whatever. If Watchmen does not win Best Comic Book Movie, I am going to find a way to go to this award show and skull fuck every one of those Hollywood douchebags that vote on this shit. It's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. But here's some other fantastic, fantastic, fantastic categories. Best Villain, you got Eric Bana as Nero in Star Trek. Cam Geigendet, Cam Douchebag as James from Twilight, uh, Lorna Raver as Mrs. Ganoush from uh, Drag Me to Hell, Leah Schreiber as Sabretooth, and Alexander Skarsgård as Eric Northman from True Blood. Now, I can see this going three ways, and I'm not even looking at the douchebag from Twilight. Fuck them. They can go the safe route, give it to Banna for Star Trek. They can go the mainstream route, give it to Schreiber. They can go the niche route and give it to the lady from Drag Me to Hell. Or they can go real crazy and give it to the dude from True Blood because not for nothing, that guy is fantastic. I mean, 
his his acting, his timing, he he plays the scummy. He's not really the bad guy, but he's eh. I think at the end of the day, they're gonna go the safe route and give it to the fuck bag from Twilight. It's gonna happen. It is. But let's go through some of the other few categories. The holy shit scene of the year. The following were nominated. The Death Eaters are attacking London from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. The destruction of Manhattan in Watchmen. Space, bo- space dive into the orbital drill from Star Trek. The seance from Drag Me to Hell. The subway crash in Knowing. Why is this piece of shit movie in this category? Why? The swimming pool scene from Let the Right One In. I think odds are they may go either with the destruction of Manhattan because people just love watching New York get destroyed. Or they may go with the Death Eaters for the Harry Potter audience. Last uh, three categories, because there's a couple of other things I want to go into, including the letter bag. Uh, Most memorable mutilation. Interesting category. You got the arm removal surgery from Splinter, which was really fucked up. Definitely look it up on YouTube. Uh, Arms cut off by the rotary saw in Watchmen. That was pretty cool. The eyeball cake in Drag Me to Hell. That was fucked up. Head ripped apart by Nazi zombies in Dead Snow. Also fantastic. I actually got to see that with a really awesome group of people. Uh, The Pendulum in Saw 5 and the swimming pool scene and Let the Right One In. I would probably go with either Dead Snow, because that was really nasty, or the uh, swimming pool scene from Let the Right One In. We'll see what happens. And the last two wonderful categories... And I'm, I'm going to go into the letter bag after this because I'm just going to probably lose my voice screaming. Best actor in a sci-fi movie or TV show. Here are the, here are the nominees. Nicolas Cage in Knowing. Yes, once again. Josh Holloway in Lost. Shia in Transformers. Chris Pine in Star Trek. Zachary Kinto in Star Trek. Sam Rockwell in Moon. Those are your nominees. Ridiculous. Best Actress. Fantastic. Moon Bloodgood. Terminator. Eliza Dushku. Dollhouse. Megan Fox. Transformers. Lena Headley. Terminator. Katie Sackhoff. Battlestar Galactica. Zoe Zaldana. Star Trek. Now, you and I both know, great listeners that you all are, that Megan Fox is winning that, hands down. It's happening. It is. Uh, best actor, I'll tell you right now, if Pine or Kinto don't win or Rockwell, I'm going to be real upset. Because Shia, Shia is, look, anybody could have played Shia's part. I'm sorry. It's true. Nicolas Cage should not be anywhere near this award show. Period. He named his kid Kal-El. That's it. Oh, before I forget, forgot these fucking four categories. Best actor in a fantasy movie or TV show. Ed Asner in Up. Jackman in Origins. Wolverine. Robert Pattinson in Twilight. I shouldn't even read the rest of this fucking list. I shouldn't. Daniel Radcliffe for Potter. And Michael Sheen for Underworld. Uh, Twilight's winning. We both know it. Moving on. Best actor in a horror movie or TV show, Bruce Campbell, who's the fucking man. Michael C. Hall, Cree Hedebrandt for uh, Let the Right One In, Justin Long for Drag Me to Hell, Ryan Quantent for True Blood, Stephen Moyer for True Blood. Uh, 
I can see maybe Dexter, possibly one of the True Blood guys, possibly. But Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell needs his own awards category. It's just like awesomest fucking chin in the business. It's like Bob. Bob needs his own category. And Bob knows he's out there listening and watching quietly. Best actress in a horror movie or TV show. Jennifer Carpenter in Quarantine. Jamie King in My Bloody Valentine. Lena Lee Anderson from Let the Light Write One In. Allison Lohman in Drag Me to Hell. Anna Paquin from True Blood. And Monica Potter from Last House on the Left. And to close out this wonderful segment, Best Actress in a Fantasy Movie or TV Show. Scarlett Johansson for The Spirit. Jamie King for The Spirit. Rona Mitra for Underworld. Kristen Stewart for Twilight. Emma Watson for Harry Potter. Now, that, you know, my mouth is frothing with venom and rage, I'm just going to mellow out and move on. I actually refreshed the switchboard, so if anybody wants to call in and give their two cents, we got 49 minutes of show left, so please, if you're going to call in, let's keep it brief. 347-324-3541 is the number. Call in. Let's hear your take on the shit that I just read for this fucking award show. And I like Spike TV. I really do. I want to fucking support them. I like them. But no, what the fuck are you guys doing with some of these fucking nominees? You're killing me. You're fucking killing me. You really are. But once again, 347-324-3541, if the show hasn't taken a dump and anybody's still listening, because I refreshed the switchboard, call in. Let's hear what you got to say. And uh, I'm going to just check the switchboard and see if anybody called and get into the letter bag. You can still call in and uh, give me your take on the nominees. Oh, by the looks of things, I think I have Slick on the line. Before I take Slick's call, the, the, the preceding Black Rage is sponsored by Black Rage. It's also sponsored by Five Hour Energy, the drink of Black Ragers anywhere. I'm more than sure this is Slick, so let's see. I'm sure what? it's you. What the fuck? You know, Spike yeah. needs to be fucking bombed off the map just for the fucking video game awards, and now they got this shit. Well, you know what it is? I've watched the, the, the Scream Awards before, and before, before I, I, you know, I hear your spin on it, I got to say that I like what Spike does because they take the opportunity to, to acknowledge shit that most people shit on. You know, science fiction, horror movies, comics, shit that a lot of us are passionate about, never get any real love. Nobody gives a fuck about those things. Game, gaming either. Gaming's only in the mainstream now because, you know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, the fact remains that, you know, it's, it's catering to us. As such, we're entitled to bitch about it. That's, that's where I have to give credit where credit is due. The video game awards are a clusterfuck of shit and a shameless commercial for Madden. It is. And they go and they pipe in all these celebrities and shit that not nine times out of ten never played a game in their life to shill this stuff. The Scream Awards I like because they're acknowledging, you know, the body of work for science fiction and horror. You know, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. But, you know, this year, bag of dicks off the bat. Now, with that out of the way, what do you got? Let's hear it. 
first, before I freaking just go off the fucking deep end, let me ask a question, if you know. When did Spirit come out in fucking theaters? Uh, Christmas time. Oh, Christmas time this past year? Yes. I remember okay, because I they did like a... They did like a Deck the Halls uh, spirit thing, which I ended up downloading the MP3 of because it was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, Christmas time. Because, um, not that I'm mad. I'm actually happy that it is in there, but isn't, as far, compared to the other movies, isn't like the right one ain't kind of old? It is, but it's starting to get exposure now. So I'm more than sure. You know, it's like anything else. It's like Dead Snow. When the fuck did Dead Snow come out here in America? It hasn't. But, you know, you've got to throw in those niche movies that people talk about. You know, I'm more than sure they go online, they read message boards, they read forums, and, you know, they're like, oh, what's everybody watching? Oh, let's check out this Let the Right One In, and boom, there it is. Why the fuck do they not have that British series that was like freaking Left for Dead on crack? No idea, sir. No idea. I'm like, you're going to put Dead Snow in there. Why not put something in there that is actually good? Because I'm not saying Dead Snow was bad, but it was fucking campy. How about a good, it was. A good show? It is. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to look at it like this. The fact that Twilight is in a majority of these categories means what? Please enlighten us. The second one, the second category you read, I'm like, why the fuck is Twilight even in there? Very good. So how do you have Twilight in with movies like Wolverine and Star Trek? No idea. None. And that's how it works. But the fact that the Ultimate Scream Award, which is like the creme de la creme, the fucking, the final act, the best award, they're nominated in that. You know, it's them, Transformers, Star Trek, let the right one in and drag me to hell. It's like, let's eliminate drag me to hell and let the right one in off the bat. And let's just look at those three movies. Just those three. On paper, Star Trek should win. Period. Yeah, because it's the only one that was a good movie. Exactly. Now, from a popularity standpoint, what's going to win? Exactly. <laughs> Your Twilight, and the only the only chance that Star Trek has is Zachary Kinto. There you go. I think Kinto or Pine for a Best Actor. You know, I'm just discussing no, I mean, the fact that his his popularity is being Siler. That's the only chance that Star Trek has against Twilight, and it's not enough. Nope, this is true. But you know what? I have to say that. Nicolas Cage and his fucking shitbag movie knowing should be nowhere near this fucking award show at all. Let me tell you something. Nicolas Cage as an actor is so fail right now that I can't. I can't even fucking describe how fucking awful it is. Like, I watch Ghost Rider, and when he's fucking riding with the original Ghost Rider and they're playing the Western music... Dude, I wanted to drive a rusty nail into my eye. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yo, am I really watching this? And they're like, it's like it's fucking Ghost Rider, and they're playing fucking spaghetti. Why? Why are you doing that? Why? Why are you making Ghost Rider a pussy? 
a big flaming pussy, a big flame-headed fag. No offense to any of the homosexual community out there. But um, what the hell? It, it's awful. Awful. I mean, I see people in the forums like, yeah, Nicolas Cage is cool. And, you know, they reference Con Air, which Con Air was, I think, Con Air and Face Off were the last two real good movies he did. I'm sorry. Everything he's done since, awful. You go and look back at 8mm, bad, dreadful. You know, The Wicker Man, dreadful. It was. But, uh, and National Treasure wasn't bad. It was actually pretty good. Oh, well, Nat- I don't count National Treasure because that was him surrounded by better actors to make him look good. It was. But before, before I uh, move on into the letter bag, are you going to even acknowledge watching this? Watching the gonna... award show? Yeah, are you going to watch it? Dude, I haven't watched Spike since they took off Stripperella. <laughs> wow, that's a nice reference. You know, I'm like, that's I, the best shit that ever hit Spike. Other than maybe TNA wrestling. You know what? I'm going to conduct a, uh, an experiment. Uh, you and anyone who's listening, uh, as well as any people in the, in the uh, chat room, I'm going to make it a contest. I want you guys to review the award show, whether you watch it on YouTube or whatever. Give your review and who you think should have won in only three categories. Your best answers uh, uh, in October. I'll have the date before, you know, obviously beforehand. It'll be in October. So the contest is going to be review the show and give, obviously, your take on it. Pick three categories that frustrated you, made you happy, or whatever. Give your take on it, and you'll get a prize. Dude, I'll, uh, I'll watch it and write a blog on it and write a freaking thesis on it. Don't go crazy, because, you know, I want to I wanna keep it short and sweet so I can pick somebody for the contest. Uh, you can send those entries to mtrhost at gmail.com. Once I get the official date for that, uh, the contest will be officially on, period. That's how we're going to do it. Sound good? That way, like you can, that way, everyone's rage and disgust can actually win them something. Um... <laughs> The only thing I ask is, just on the on the bottom of your entry, please put your uh, name, full address, and what console you own, and you'll either get you know live points or some shit. You'll get something. So that's all I ask. You know, name, address, and what console you have, and you'll get something. That's it. Hey, that sounds great. All right. Well, let me go into the letter bag. And uh, before I go, actually, I'll start off the letter bag with you. Uh, last week, I asked uh, Virtual Console, uh, Wii 360 and PlayStation 3, you know, which did you enjoy playing the most, uh, favorite game, and uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. We'll start with you. Uh, I think I did go into this last week. I was talking about the, like, the PS3... I enjoy it for the single-player games. The 360, I enjoy it for the multiplayer games. That is correct. And um, as of this year, the games, I would have to say games that I enjoyed the most because really it, it was three. 
I mean, it was infamous just for the overall experience. Prototype for the story because ah, the gameplay was... Wait, wait, you're deviating. Virtual console, virtual console. Oh, my Save fault. I'm sorry. That's all right. So virtual console, that's easy because it's got to... Number one has to be Shadow Complex even though I haven't played the full game yet. Uh, Explosion Man and... Probably one versus one hundred. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, let me go into this letter bag, my friend, and uh, no I will uh, stick around so you can hear the rest of the fuckery and, of course, hang out in the chat. Okay. As always, thanks for the call, bro. Anytime. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, it is time for the letter bag. Unfortunately, we got one letter this week. And before this person's introduction gets played, I'm going to state the following. When the contest starts, you've got to be in it to win it. And it's probably going to involve question of the week. So please, you know, get, start getting, making your presence known through, you know, some of the questions of the week. If... Uh, I'm not touching on a particular topic. As always, you know, your feedback is always welcome at mtrhost at gmail.com. So please, you know, contribute, and it'll help me make the show better, and you might even win something. So, you know, definitely try and get your letter in there. We got a lot of letters last week to discuss a lot of the uh, last week's question. This week, considering how many people have uh, the newer consoles, I was expecting more of a response. Unfortunately... I only got one response this week. And as such, I got it from this person who deserves his own special intro just because his emails are special gems to me. Say hello to my little friend! That, my friends, is the, e the intro for Ant. Who responded with uh, digital console? He, uh, the question was, how many digitally downloaded games do you own and which are the best? His short answer isn't short, and I'm, I know he's going to give me shit for chopping up his letter, as always. Uh, first, uh, he goes for the 360. He stated he owns 27 full-version arcade games. His favorites, he uh, put top 10. They're in no particular order. He put Trials HD, Res HD, Worms 2, Puzzle Quest, Dishwasher Dead Samurai, which is really a good game. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, Castle Crashers, Splosion Man, Shadow Complex, Uno, and Geometry Wars. He actually stated a reason why he likes every one of those games. Um, I'll just go through some of them. You know, Trials HD he likes for the laughs and because he's a whore for games with level editors. Very true. I was a big fan of Excitebyte just for that reason. Uno for the laughs in the world associated with such a simple card game. Uh, Geometry Wars, he actually put a good one. For eye-meltingly beautiful graphics in a brain-shatteringly impossible game. I think that's one of the coolest descriptions I've heard of Geometry War in a long time. Uh, Ant definitely comes in every week with his A-game. i got to give it to him. It just pisses me off when he's not around to uh, defend himself or debate. But uh, definitely good uh, top ten. For the Wii, he stated he has 19 games, six of them being WiiWare. Uh, he'll list the uh, WiiWare games. What the hell? Oh, fucked up his letter. He, st he said, I'll only list WiiWare games because those are the only original titles. Virtual console games, I won't list due to them, being, due to them just being ROMs. 
He put a BitTrip beat. Hey, I never heard of it, so you know, I'll read his descriptions. He puts a nice little rhythm game with Atari-esque graphics and a very Pong-like gameplay style that just mesmerizes me. Nice. Uh, BitTrip Core, same game, but played differently. He says, can't explain it, but it also mesmerizes me. Look, if the game doesn't have boobs in it, you're not getting my attention. Uh, BitBoy, he says, the game fails in every way. Don't waste your money. I'm only listing it. I'm only listing it here as a warning. He also got Star Soldier R and Defend Your Castle, which is a port of a Flash game. He says he likes it because it was a very well-done port, and it's fun for him. Not a game for everyone. Uh, number six, he stated as Alien Crush Returns, a three-stage long pinball game. Waste of money. Fun until you beat the shortness. Then it's just shovelware. Uh, I think Ant touched on something really cool with the 360. 360, I think, their virtual console games are definitely definitely fucking uh, a, a degree above uh, the other two systems' offerings. I have to say, though, PlayStation 3 with uh, Fat Princess, which I own, and uh, Pain. Pain is one of my favorite games, very therapeutic, just just beating the shit out of mimes, especially. I like Nothing completes my day than shooting a mime out of a cannon through plate glass windows. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel fantastic. So definitely enjoy Pain on the, on the PS3. Uh, Fat Princess, I played a little bit of it. Uh, definitely might pick that up. I, I think it's a game better suited for groups. Single-player campaign just didn't look all that appealing. I picked up Marvel vs. Capcom, too, because why wouldn't I? Uh, I took the free demo, the free download of Ragdoll Kung Fu. I equate Ragdoll Kung Fu to Nicolas Cage movies. Just utter shit. I took advantage because it was free, but man, did I regret it. Especially with their catchy yet annoying kung fu type fucking intro every time you go over the icon. It was awful. Uh, Xbox 360 definitely has taken a lot of my money in terms of uh, virtual console games. You know, with Guru, Mark of the Wolves, definitely picked that up. Shadow Complex, uh, might pick up Splosion Man. Uh, one or two other ones. What the hell else did I pick up on that? Oh, of course, uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix. Whew, had to take a breath reading that. And uh, what the hell else did I pick up? There was one other game. Fuck. Oh, and uh, Lost in the Damned, which is just downloadable content. Uh, for the Wii, I picked up, you know, uh, much like Ant said, they're ROMs, but I didn't pick up any WiiWare. Uh, Box Adventure, Splatterhouse, Super Mario World, just because. Streets of Rage 2, I think. And that's pretty much it. I haven't really messed with any of the WiiWare titles. And that, to me, is, you know, that's pretty much it. Next week's question. Next week's question is... Totally, totally real, regular question. When you're gaming, uh, is there any particular must-have that you need in order to game successfully? whether it's Mountain Dew, uh, chips, popcorn, whatever. Just, just I want to actually pick your brains on this, and the reason is because it takes me back to the, uh, you know, the Center of Disease Control article that I ranted about last week. And, you know, I just, I just want to gauge, just, just for my own personal lives, just to see what people are doing in terms of when they're gaming. I know a lot of people don't even eat while they're gaming because they're so focused on the game and they don't want to get shit on their controllers. Of course, you got people 
you know, Mountain Dew, uh, Balls Energy Drink, uh, fucking Mad Croc Gum, whatever. I think for me, when I game, I think the only thing I really do need is a lot of water. And I think when I was younger, I may have had a bucket close by for a marathon gaming session, so I would not get up to go to the bathroom. Not to take a dump in the bucket, so don't think that. Just to pee, definitely. But, um, you know, everybody has their own little things that help them, I guess, you know, enjoy the experience more. So I definitely want to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can send that in to mtrhost at gmail.com and share your thoughts. Well, it looks like we got a couple of callers in. We got 29 minutes of the show left. I think it's a slick calling back. We'll take his call first. Sir, you're on the um, air. I just wanted to add in for, for Ant because he didn't call in this week. I think he's probably doing whatever, but he wrote the letter last week and he made a post in the MySpace forums yesterday. And it's not actually a console virtual game. It's a Flash game, but it's a freaking great game called Cannibalt. Okay. And I, I know if he were on right now, he would have been talking about it. It's like... Imagine Neil in the first Matrix movie when he was trying to do the jump and just okay. doing that for as long as you can while buildings are crashing and some jet plane is dropping bombs on buildings and shit, and that's the game. It's like you basically have to just jump over obstacles and keep going from building to building. And that the, sounds pretty interesting. To anybody who's not already on MySpace, the address is HTTP colon slash slash Adam Atomic, that's A-D-A-M-A-T-O-M-I-C dot com forward slash Cannabalt, and that's C-A-N-A-B-A-L-T. It's a fucking really addictive game, but it's it's really simple. It's just a lot of fun, and the music is great. Nice. So I know Sounds you were good. talking about that. I wanted to add that for him, and that's all I've got. I'm out. All right, brother. Thanks a lot. Later. All right. We got another caller. Let's see who it is. Uh, why is this not working? Are you on now? Who is this? You're on the air. Hey, Rich. It's Laura. Hey, what's going on? Not too much. Not too much. I was actually going to write in this week, but then I figured, you know what? I wrote in last week. And I didn't really get to say too much on the issue of uh, last week's uh, question, so I just figured I'd call him this time around. Yes, it's a lot. It's a lot easier now. <laughs> yes, it's a lot easier now. So, um, in reference to uh, the favorite um, um, microtransaction games, I suppose um, I think the like the one that I enjoyed the most was actually on the Wii, and that was Mega Man Nine. Um, oh, nice! I, I forgot about that. I, I I know it came out for both the uh, Wii and 360, but I chose the Wii because I think it came out uh, earlier, and I wanted to experience it with uh, more of the retro feel uh, with just turning the uh, Wiimote on the side, you know, because that's how I remember, you know, had my best experience playing Mega Man. Nice. Yes. So that was a really fun game. It, it was kind of funny, though, too, because... Um, there was a, a rival between me and Bronx for a while. Uh, who was going to beat the game first? He ended up having more time than he beat it. But uh, I ended up getting to the very end. And then once he told me he beat it, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. 
<laughs> I need to go back. And Did you um have you only played through it once? Uh yeah yeah I need to go back and do it over again. Yeah, I haven't played. I I've been meaning to, you know, but it's like anything else. You know, there's so many fucking games out. You want to try and get in there, and uh, you know, you want to try and get every game possible. And you know, shit shit gets expensive even if you start buying Microsoft points. You know, because no game is like a hundred or two hundred points. Every game is you know three, four, five hundred points. So, you know, it starts digging into your pockets. Yeah, yeah. How much was Mega Man Nine? Uh, you know what? I really don't remember. I don't know what's happening. Apparently, there's a, there's some echo going on. Maybe it's because I'm on my cell phone, but my speakers are off, so I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, well, I mean, you sound good on the headset, so. All right. Well, cool. But um, yeah. I mean, I I I enjoyed my purchase of that and then most of my other games for Xbox were on Xbox Live and uh that was um uh mainly games I already purchased already. I I I fell to, I fell into that trap. I ended up getting uh Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I got uh, the original Doom. Uh quite a few yeah, games. Yeah, I got Doom. I did get oh, yeah. Doom. <laughs> I had to. And it's like I bought it and I bought fucking Double Dragon like an asshole for the Xbox 360. I forgot all about it. I bought Double Dragon. I was like, wow, this looks really awesome. It, but then I realized it's fucking Double Dragon. Fuck. Right. Eh, I fell into that trap a little bit, too. I ended up getting uh, Streets of Rage, and uh, I got Garu. Right? Yeah, you know that. We were playing. That shit was awesome. Yeah, that shit is really good. I got to fucking get into uh, King of Fighters 12, because I, yeah. I heard that that shit is badass online. Haven't played that right. yet online, but um, yeah, I just wanted to throw in my two cents. I appreciate it. I'm glad you uh, called in. Definitely uh, hope to hear more from you over the uh, coming weeks. Uh, you probably will. Sounds good. All right, kiddo. All right. Take it easy. Peace. Peace. Bye. All right. Uh, we got... What the fuck? How much time do we got before we get booted? Oh, yeah, we got 24 minutes of show left. I uh, want to take the opportunity and uh, go through a few things, give you guys a couple of updates, and uh, some news on just developments on the show. First off, I wanted to thank all the callers. Uh, I wanted to thank Slick. Thanks always for calling in, adding your insight, your two cents, and, of course, a well-placed dose of Black Rage. Uh, thanks for Laura for calling in. Strider, as always, you're the man. Uh, never hesitate to call in and give your two cents on a segment. I may not get to you right away, but as always, I want to try and, you know, make people just regular callers on the show that contribute regularly, not just for the benefit of my show, but just because, like I said, you know, we as gamers and as, you know, as quote-unquote nerds deserve to be heard. You know, as always, feel free to call in or uh, email. But um, while I'm here, also, I wanted to just uh, give a couple of plugs for some other projects, uh, VGN Radio is a, uh, another video game show that once in a while I guest on. Uh, Kevin was supposed to call in tonight and, uh, you know, shoot some shit with us, but uh, God knows what happened. But uh, check their show out, VGNRadio.com. They also do uh, Cleveland Sports Radio, which I am a guest on usually the first week of the month to talk about uh, MMA. So definitely check them out. 
uh, iPirate Radio, another friend of the show. Uh, i got to thank the boys over at 411 Mania uh, for giving up some of the great news that I provide you guys and scream it. You know, I, I scream about on a regular basis, so definitely thanks for providing that. Uh, shout out to OC Remix for all the music that they provided uh, that they gladly and generously let me use because the fact that I can't play licensed music is a real bummer, but guess what? I don't want an artist fucking blowing up my house because that would suck ass. Also, uh, I want to thank E10 Clothing for uh, supporting the show just through, uh, you know, being cool, MMA junkie. Those guys, they all get some love. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, well, a a friend of the show, uh, Heartless, has a clothing line. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to probably fuck up the name. I believe it's Eris Clothing. I am probably fucking it up, but I will be putting a link up. Definitely check them out. they got a lot of cool uh, shirts that I like. I especially like the Yo! MTV Rap Style shirt. So definitely a plug for Heartless. That's pretty badass. And um, next week's show, uh, I'm going to try and actually get a couple of guests for next week. I'm going to try and get Kevin back on the show uh, contests officially start next week with uh, email, the with the letter bag. We're gonna go the letter bag route. Uh, please note, I am a poor fuck, and this isn't you know a giant fucking show yet. So the prizes aren't gonna be mind-numbingly awesome. There may be a game here or there. They might be live points. Who knows? But uh, put it put it to you like this: the only rules for the contest are, if you win at any point, you're out. You can't win multiple times. So just a note. And, of course, when you answer the question, please name, address, and what console you own or what consoles you own. And hopefully it will lead up towards a uh, better selection of prizes. I definitely want to do something awesome for the holidays. Uh, So definitely, you know, contribute through the letter bag. Also, uh, I actually pulled the trigger and created a Facebook fan page. For the show, so if you are on Facebook, uh, just punch in My Take Radio, and you will be able to check out the fan page, which at the present moment is pretty bare. But over the next few weeks, I'm going to start adding stuff to it. You know, I believe that the Facebook page has a forum. I'm also on Facebook, but you know, I don't just give the Facebook shit out because I don't want just a whole bunch of random people fucking. Oh, please be my friend. But you can check me out on MySpace, MySpace.com/rb19ad. You can also follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Akuma25, uh, debating whether I am going to set up a dedicated Twitter account for the show. But the fact of the matter is that I think to get the identity of the show out there, we may go that route. Also, call-ins, of course, are always welcome. One thing that I actually got an, a letter on that was totally non-letter bag related was the fact that People felt that I don't give a disclaimer about, you know, the, the, the maturity level of the show, and I'm trying to find out ways to do that. Um, maybe an intro at the start of the show, but the fact of the matter is, if you've been listening for over an hour and a half, you know that we curse on this show, we say really awful things on this show, we offend everyone on this show, so please, if you're under 18 and you are listening, make sure you have your parents' permission. I don't want another letter uh, pertaining to anything of that nature. 
uh, I definitely wanted to acknowledge it on the air just to let that person know that, you know, I appreciated their feedback, but, you know, monitor what your children or whoever it is listens to if you do not want to be offended. Also, uh, the website for the show, going live hopefully on the 15th. Uh, I'm getting a crash course in web design, so unfortunately, you know, you're going to have to bear with me, but I'm hoping to make the site awesome, you know, just a, a great place for fans of the show to come through and hang out. And, uh, fuck, there's something else, and I don't remember what it is. Shit. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up. I have, wow, 15 minutes of show left. Shit went through pretty fast. I actually am going to take the opportunity and, fuck, just choke on my own sentences. Holy shit. Fuck, I can't believe that there's still 17 minutes of show left. Guess what? It's open mic time. So, 17 minutes left. If you got a call and get any shit off your chest, by all means, feel free to call in because the shit went through really quick. One of the first times in a long time that uh, there's time left over from the show. Usually, uh, we go right to the wire. you know, lines are open, 347-324-3541. If you got any insight, any shit for the show, uh, any suggestions. Oh, it just came to me. Uh, logo contest. Logo contest will probably start in November. Definitely want to see the creative juices of some of the listeners out there. Uh, want to have someone design a logo for the show because my Photoshop skills are atrocious. And as such, the logo contest will probably go into effect late October, early November. Um, Of course, I need a logo. And if it wins, I'm not going to give out a lame prize. I'll definitely maybe throw out some money just because, you know, I'm basically buying the artwork from you. So that's going to be coming in November. So any of you listeners that have creative juices flowing, they can... uh, you know, submit an art piece, and if it's submitted, uh, you know, might get 100 250 bucks. You know, might be a nice holiday gift, but uh, the details for that will probably be coming up over the next few shows, and as such, I want to definitely do more stuff with the listeners and, you know, reward you guys for being fans. So, definitely uh, something to look forward to in the coming weeks. And with the lines open, let's see who we got. Let's see. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, what's up, Rich? This is Vinny. Hey, man. What's going on? Not much. Um, just curious. Have you seen the new shit that they are adding to Modern Warfare 2? In re- regards to what? The uh, voice work or the special features? Like the, like the extra weapons. No, I didn't hear anything about that. What do you got? Uh, well, apparently they added throwing knives. Really? And riot, and riot shields. And dual perks. I mean, oh. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I played the original Call of Duty, the second Call of Duty. I played a little bit of the third one when my roommate had his Xbox. You know, and the only thing I got to ask is what the fuck are they thinking? You well, know? you know what it is? 
not not to cut you off, I think that with Call of Duty, they're they're running the gamut in terms of let's see how much shit we can throw at this game to make it insane. You know, it's like let's add throwing knives. You know, they add, they started with the zombie mode in the last Modern Warfare, so I definitely see you know the night vision goggles. I also saw them doing the uh, the gun controller. You know, I think they're going to start milking the franchise to the point where people are just going to get tired of it. And and it's starting to develop slowly because you're not the first person to kind of, you know, shit on the fact that they're going that route. Because it is really awful that, you know, let's just throw everything we can into it. You know, I mean, cover is useless ever since Call of Duty 4 with the, with the inclusion of Deep Impact. They let you shoot through what would otherwise be impenetrable surfaces with more damage, right? So explain to me what the point is of adding what is basically portable cover, the riot shield. Okay. What's the, what's the point? Somebody with, you know, any machine gun with deep impact can just completely perforate it. So, I mean, what's the point? You know, oh, you know like what it is? It's like they're dumbing it down. Really well, you know what it is? They, uh, they're taking the opportunity and... And I think, you know, you bring up a relevant point. I, as much realism as they brought to the game, you know, mm-hmm. they're definitely taking a step back with that shit because it's true. It's like if you're hiding behind a wall and I spray that shit with, you know, with, with serious rounds, they're going mm-hmm. through the wall and hitting you, you know, but there are times when the cover doesn't mean shit and, and you have a valid point. You know, one thing I have to give to Gears of War is the fact that their cover system was on point. Mm-hmm. You know, and there, and you know, you were able, you know, the the uh, weapons responded to that. You know, I think Call of Duty is definitely taking a step back in terms of realism, just for the sake of cranking the games out a lot faster. Yeah, I mean, I also, not to not to shit on the consoles, but I think they're more occupied with making money, which it's a business. You know, that's what it does. That's what it's there for. That they're catering more to the consoles and not necessarily like the, the other gamers. Because if you think about it, what, uh, what age makeup would you say is consoles? 15 and under, mostly? I, mean, uh, have, I, th- I think so. 15, 15 to 20 would be consoles. Uh, younger children, I would see more so for portable games like the DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, you have all these not to sound like a prick, but you have all these younger kids suggesting, suggesting all of these ideas, which, you know, that's cool. But you don't need to throw it all in to appease one... One demographic. Exactly, exactly. You know, there's other demographics to think about. And I'm actually well, glad I didn't put down the money to pre-order it, because after seeing this, I, I think COD4 is going to be the last IW game I buy. Well, you know what it is, I think... Because they've made really great games. Well, you know what it is, you're... uh, Whoops, sorry, go ahead, finish up. uh, I've I've loved all the Infinity Ward games, specifically the Call of Duty games. You know, I've loved every one of them, except for the, you know, COD3, because I didn't have a console, so, you know. Well, you know what it is, I think that you and, and, you know, based on how you're describing yourself, you're primarily a PC gamer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that the fact the fact is that you know, the console there's there's a larger market share while yeah, there's more people out there with computers than mm-hmm. consoles. 
The fact of the matter is that console computers have gotten to the point where you gotta fucking build Skynet to play a game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, you know, to the to the average person, I mean, to to those of us that are tech savvy, we're always gonna be, oh yeah, fuck it, you know, I get this card, I throw this memory, and boom, we're good. Yeah. But to the average mom and pop, you know, they're gonna be like, computer, console, you know, and they're just gonna go with the easiest option. Yeah, three hundred dollar machine that can play games versus a you know a specialized you know, eight nine hundred dollar, rig. You know, that's that's a valid point. It's just, I don't know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm glad I didn't put down the money to pre-order it, because after seeing what I saw, I think I'll pass on this one. I don't know. But oh, you know, know, I'm still out on it. If you want to feel, if you want to feel comfortable, play that shit with, with keyboard and mouse <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the <yeah>. console. <laughs> maybe yeah. that'll make you feel better. Yeah, maybe. But, all, all right, right man, bro. take care. Thanks for the call, brother. No problem. Peace. Oh, we got Slick in. We got nine minutes in. Slick, what do you got? Yeah, man. I was, you know, just <clears throat> going over a few of the things that I missed in the show because I, I hung up, like, I wanted to ask your friend which Blu-rays he was looking forward to, but he had already hung up. And, um, like, you talked about how you were changing up the flow and everything, and it, it worked a little bit too well for you because you got all this extra time now. Yeah, but, it was um, it was pretty funny. You know, that was, I realized, holy shit, you know, there's there's more time on the show. But it but it worked, you know. I think I think everybody got a right to be heard, and people weren't talked over, and you know, everybody got to contribute fairly, which is cool. But uh, you know, I think the flow is going to improve a little bit more over the coming weeks and. It, it, it'll definitely help more people be heard. And not only that, you know, the end, the end result is I want the show to fucking be recognized so that, you know, I benefit and you guys benefit either through better prizes or just exposure or whatever. Yeah, but you know, the show never pops up when Bob's not here. Oh, yeah, you know. But you know what it is? That's because Bob is playing chess with God. So he couldn't do the show tonight. So, but I'm more than sure next week, you know, if he doesn't have another chess game this time with Satan, he'll be back. Basically. Um, I'm definitely yeah, going to check out that. I'm going to check out that show because I'm just going to have to shit all over that because, like you said, Twilight's going to pretty much own that one. One way or another because they'll, they'll probably pay it off or something. If they think they're not going to win, they'll they'll make sure they win. Oh, yeah, of course, just for the overwhelming majority. It's like, you know, when you watch the MTV Movie Awards, it's the same shit. You know, you get that, um, you, you, you know automatically that one movie is just going to run away with it. And Twilight is that movie for now. And when New Moon comes out, it'll be the same shit. And Spike has zero integrity to start with, so why the fuck wouldn't they take a payoff? Well, you know what it is? Spike is the quote-unquote guy network. You know, you go on Spike, you watch the UFC, you watch Mansers. You go on Spike if you want to find out that a chick with a triple E breast can crush a beer can. That's what you go on Spike for. You go on Spike to watch bad Steven Seagal movies, especially the ones with him and the Jamaicans. You know, you go there to watch that. Any, anything, anything that involves Mia Kavya, boy, Mia Kavya. You know, you want to see that, and Spike delivers that. So, you know, Spike makes me happy as a guy. Because that's the only place where you can watch real lame-ass shit like that. Or, you know, The Perfect Weapon with Jeff Speakman. 
if you want to get really shitty. Just beat them. Please beat them and bet That's right. That's right. All right. At the same yeah. time. It, it's awful. I mean, you know, I definitely want people to see it because I want to integrate it, like I said, into a contest. And amongst other things, I definitely want, you know, I, I want to hear what people have to say, you know, because I, I'm more than sure, you know, excluding you because, you know, you call in. I'm more than sure people get fucking uh, upset about some of these things, especially if they're fans of a particular genre of movie. You know, you're going to have one or two people that are just fucking, you know, that are going to be real upset about the categories and about the winners. So I want, I want to hear them. I want to hear what they got to say because, you know, I look at things one way and, you know, it's obviously my way, but not everybody's going to agree, you know. I might be sitting here shitting on Twilight for the last hour and fucking, you know, two hours and fucking 25 minutes or whatever that the show's been on, but I'm more than sure that, you know, somebody's going to hear my show and be like, what the fuck, man? Twilight wasn't that bad. And they're going to fucking, you know, and give me some shit. Exactly. You know, somebody in the chat said that. that. Well, you know what it is? I'm not shitting on the concept of Twilight. I'm just shitting on the fact that people have become enamored with the movie to the point where it's nauseous. It's like, you know, with the Harry Potter thing with people camping out for the book and all this shit. You know, the cast of these movies were nobodies. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're famous. And nine, nine out of ten times... They don't even give a fuck about their fans. They're just like, yo, give me the check and call it a day. They're also typecast. When you do yeah, like you know? six or seven fucking movies on the same thing, it's called typecasting. Well, that's what's going to happen. You know, the Harry Potter kids, I think after the Harry Potter movies are over, they're going to have, a, a, you know, their careers are going to be watched real closely because it's like, all right, no more Harry Potter, now what? They better fucking invest their money and save their money because their careers are over. Well, I think I think the girl has a, a promising career. I think they're definitely going to try and do something with her because she seems marketable. Um, the kid that plays Harry Potter, I can see him doing Broadway. Uh, the freckle-faced uh, ginger kid, I don't know what the fuck he's going to do. He's done. He's done. He might just join the forum and troll with Spira. <laughs> I was going to say, he's going to freaking be Spirit Stunt Double. That's right. You never know. I mean, the the thing with, with you know, child actors and Hollywood movies, you know, it, it, it's really hit and miss. You either fucking do really good or you just do really shitty because look at Dakota Fanning. She's in the, in the, in the next Twilight movie. Jesus. You know, it's like, exactly. It's like, holy shit, you know, wasn't she a nobody? It's crazy. But one other thing I wanted to say on whatever parent wrote that letter to you. Dude, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. Your first them. show. No, I'm not going to blast them. I'm going to be real polite about it instead of being the way I wanted to be. From your first show, I mean, you may not have given a straight up disclaimer. You made it very clear that this isn't a show for. It's not a show for basically anybody who really gets offended by anything. And I've listened to your old shows before you started back up. You made it perfectly clear. So that is an example of, you know, parents who really don't pay that much attention to what their children are watching or listening to or playing in some cases. That parent probably walked in on that kid at a time when I was talking about, oh, what the fuck is going on with this fucked up game? And they just heard that and flipped You never out. know. 
you never know. They probably just they probably just took it that way. Who knows? I mean, you know, I can't I, I can't police everything and at the end of the day, you know, I'm only one dude trying to run a fucking show. But um dude, just, just put an explicit lyric sticker on your freaking page. I'm gonna, gonna have the link to. that's it. And there you go. at that point you you did your job. You don't even have to say anything when you come on. I hear you. All right, dude, we got two minutes left. Uh just wanna give out the info and uh we're gonna wrap it up. All right, dude. All right, All right man. Thanks a lot. Later. 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 Uh you've just heard uh my take radio episode nine, uh Thursday, September third. Well, now September fourth, since it's almost one thirty in the morning. I want to thank all the callers, as always, for contributing and lending their voice to the show and letting the voices of gamers be heard worldwide to whoever's listening out there. Uh, Shout-outs, of course, to uh, VGN Radio, Cleveland Sports Radio, iPirate Radio, 411 Mania, OC Remix, E10 Clothing, Jesus Christ, it sounds like a rap song. All right, no more fucking plugs. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. I will catch you next Thursday. Catch me on Twitter, Akuma25, MySpace, RB19AD. Check the Facebook fan page. Peace.